Steve Allen. Morning, four minutes past four is the time, so Annika Rice could be coming back to a television near you. wonder who else we might want to resurrect from, uh, from years gone by. Actually, she has popped up on television occasionally, but I thought she went into uh, to art. She does, she's got a very nice uh, house by the, by the Thames, overlooking the Thames, I think, actually, which is very nice. She does her, her painting there. I think she's done a come dine with me, and she does things like that, but uh, she must have got a new agent. Because the piece in the paper today says she's going to come back to primetime BBC and uh, they're looking for a couple of shows for Saturday night. I thought, why? I mean, nothing to matter with Annika Rice. I'm just thinking, well, are they just saying this because they've got to try and get some, some interest in her? Because there's another uh, piece of interest in... Uh, I have to read it to you because it's actually quite funny. And, uh, and it, it always makes me laugh. It's in the mirror today. A lot of things make me laugh in the mirror. And this, this particular bit... Actually, apart from telling you that uh, cake for breakfast is good for you, there's a new survey out. Cake is, is very good for you. But they've got um, little, little Jeff Brazier. Little, little Jeff Brazier's column is possibly one of the stupidest columns you've ever read in your entire life. If he puts this together himself without some help, I'd be very surprised indeed. But part of it is five things that made me happy this week. <clears throat> we always have a good old laugh at poor old Jeff, who is possibly next to... Uh, Next to Mark Wright, one of the worst presenters on television. Well, I don't know, Toss Daly's pretty low around the list, isn't she? Perhaps we should do a list this morning of awful television presenters. Jeff Brazier, who, I mean, cannot present for love nor money. He was kicked off the... Uh, I mean, it, it doesn't get any any lower than OK Television on Channel 5, but they decided to axe it because it was so blooming awful. You know, two presenters, he can't string a word together. You know, I'm sure he's very lovely, but he's, he's not a presenter. He's probably very good at stacking shelves or going, do you want fries with that? But as presenters on television, lame. Anyway, one of, one of the things that made him happy this week, you'll wet yourself laughing on this one, I've spoken to my agents, agents, <laughs> two of them, to handle this bloke's lame career, about moving in a new direction and going after more television opportunities in the world of football. They've already made a good start, and I'm thrilled, thanks Lucy, in brackets, uh, getting paid to talk about the game I love would be a dream come true. Oh, I'm quite sure there's some little piddling satellite channel that will snap you up and then, for God's sake, stay off our television and take Denise Welsh with you and take uh, Colleen R- Nolan. Colleen Nolan? I know you said Colleen Rooney, actually, but most of us, she doesn't present that often. But, I mean, it really is. It's pathetic. It really is just dumb, the stuff he writes about his column. But uh, maybe because he can't get arrested at the moment, and I'm presuming these little other gigs he's got, 250 here, 250 quid there, not quite paying the rent on that uh, little tiny house he's got at the end of a close, which they use for come dine with me. And I was quite horrified. I thought he'd have done quite well out of the business, but uh, quite clearly not, I'm afraid. And, uh, and the idea is that the BBC boss, Mark Thompson, saying that there's not enough older women on television, well, there's not. There's not enough older women. You know why? Because they charge more. You know, get, get some of these young things off some of these reality shows and they'll work for peanuts. They'll work for nothing at all because their agent will say, listen, it's good for you to do this because it'll, it'll, it'll give you a, a hand up the ladder. And then you watch, the, you know, the likes of Toss Daly, who can't present for toffee. Really dreadful. And you watch some of the people... And they've got Lizzie Cundy presenting on this morning. I mean, anything more bad and worse than that, you'd be hard-pushed to find. This side of the Thames estuary. I mean, really dreadful. Bunyans. She runs the Bunyan Clinic. I mean, the rubbish they've got on that programme. Dear God. I thought it was bad enough with Eamon Holmes. He's managed to struggle through. But, God, 
dear, some of the people on there, I think they just put them on there and they call themselves a factual programme. It's the biggest pile of third-rate dross you've ever seen, but sometimes mildly interesting. A little bit like Loose Women, as long as it doesn't have self-indulgent indulgent rubbish on it, like Denise Welsh. Talking about her dreary... But then I came to the conclusion yesterday, they all talk about their dreary life. I mean, anybody worse than Janet Street Porter? You know, a voice like a proverbial foghorn, and the older she gets, the more barking mad she becomes. Yesterday, droning on about, it's a brilliant idea... (coughs) Here we go. A brilliant idea, she said, uh, to water down drinks. And it was pointed out by another one of the panellists that, in fact, she drinks watered-down drinks, but drinks more. But Janet can't know everything, do I? You know, where well, she doesn't. She doesn't know... There's no diddly squat, I'm afraid. You sometimes wonder how she's managed to achieve it at that age. Now she's she's famous for rambling. On and on and on. Oh, dear, she's awful. She's awful. And I was going to check the other day whether or not... The, uh, the woman who's fronting up the panel at the moment, the one who, well, for strange enough, hasn't had a panic attack for a few weeks, so we should be quite grateful for that one, has the same agent as Denise Welsh. I was going to check that out yesterday. I never quite got round to it. I'll probably try and do it this week, I should imagine. Anyway, apart from that, cold, isn't it? Very cold. Cold yesterday. <gasps> Went out yesterday afternoon. God, oh, blimey, it was cold. It really was. It was that biting cold where you go out and I left the heating on all night which is quite rare for me, because I don't normally like to sleep with the heating on. I, like to, I do have the window open. I'm one of these stupid people. I have the window open and the heating on. I mean, how does that work? Is that because my mother used to say to me, fresh air, good for you. I used to go, yeah, but I don't want to freeze. And I slept really well. I slept really, really well. I had a lovely chicken and cheese and broccoli and mashed potato pie, which was lovely in the halogen oven. It was quite delicious, actually. And it was just the right size. You know, it wasn't sort of huge, huge size. It was like normal size. I, I had that last night. I thought, God, that's, that's very comforting. I might even go back and buy another one today. I was quite pleased by that. Because the day before, I'd had shepherd's pie. And that was lovely. Uh, with real shepherds. And, uh, and I think I might go back to the, to the chicken and broccoli. Uh, today, cloudy. A few light snow flurries. Mm, just hope it stays as a flurry. Because I'm sure yesterday, as I was going home... I saw one or two little, and I thought, oh, no, don't, don't build up, please. Currently, it's one degree centigrade, and the high today is going to be one degree centigrade. Tonight, uh, snow flurries, especially across uh, western parts of the, uh, the country. A sharp frost forming in eastern parts when the sky is clear. Overnight tonight, minus five. Tomorrow, the overnight snow will clear westwards, leave a dry day with bright or sunny intervals. And then Saturday, mostly dry, cold and cloudy, high two degrees. And Sunday, dry, cold and cloudy. So, one or two light snow fl- You watch, we'll be deluged with the blooming stuff. It'll come down like there's no tomorrow. It will be hilarious. So I'd love to hear from you this morning on the... Uh, anything, because we had such a coughing fit yesterday. God, blimey, I tell you. That was a day and a half yesterday. I got halfway through talking to uh, Nicholas Owen who's very interesting. He'll be going out, I think, in a couple of weeks. I think this week's In Conversation is going to be Jackie Mason and Daniel Radcliffe. So uh, that's a nice combination, isn't it? Jackie Mason, who opens at uh, the theatre just up here on Monday, and uh, Daniel Radcliffe, uh, whose film is out very shortly. That's The Woman in Black. If you really want to scare the pants off yourself... Fantastic. 84850, uk or 08456060973. I think we're going to be chipping animals today as well. I thought all animals were chipped now. I didn't, I didn't realise. But the, there are government plans to encourage responsible pet ownership. Well, I've seen stupid people out there with dogs who quite clearly, A, they've not been to, to sort of dog training classes, and B... 
I shouldn't imagine they've even got the faintest idea what a chip... They probably think a chip comes with, uh, with either gravy on it or vinegar and salt. They've got no idea what... Have you got, have you got a chip on that dog? Don't think so, mate. No, I just had a kebab. I have nothing else, did I? No, has it got a chip in it, thicko? It's always the people who've got these sort of dogs. You, you just know, don't you? Generally speaking, if somebody's going down the street being dragged along by a staff, the chances are they've got tattoos all round their neck. And that's just the women. I was watching the other day. They had one of these... Um, I find them quite entertaining, actually. I think it's something like Dog Patrol. And it's up at the airports. They go around all the airports and, and they watch people coming back into the country. And there they were... The family from hell. She had loads of tattoos. She was a big fat heifer lump. The kids are all cool, like Chelsea and Kylie and all the rest of it. And the dad, he's got his real classy shorts on, just had a nice holiday, and he, you know, a bit of Spain. And he's brought back fags. Unfortunately, they've brought back too many cigarettes. And, uh, and he was having none of it. And they'd been through the nothing to declare part because he thought that Turkey was in the European Union. He was so stupid, and he made himself look even thicker. I think it was up in Manchester, where they put, the further up the country you go, the dumber they become. As he's standing there, how, how many cigarettes have you got? Asks the lady from Customs. Uh, well, I got, like, um, got, like, 2,000, and uh, the wife's got 1,000, and uh, my daughter over there, because she's 18, she's got 1,000. So they, they ended up with about 4,000 fags. So quite rightly, the customs woman points out, because he was a bit stupid, you know, here is the notice that, you know, he said, but I come from Europe. No, I'm afraid Turkey isn't in the European Union. You can only bring in 200 fags. All right, well, I'll take 200. No, you've lost them. You've lost all your cigarettes. We're taking them away from you, thick boy. And, so, and the wife's there. And then he starts swearing. Well, I'm going to take them anyway, aren't I? Because you're only going to take them and burn them. I ain't worked all my life to go and... And you think, you're so thick, you really are. You really wanted to push a little button and a trap door to open and just send him down to, to somewhere, you know, where he just sort of gets eaten by piranhas. And, uh, and he wasn't having any of it. I'm going to... I, why are you doing this, you jobs worth it? And he's swearing and in front of his children. But then you only had to look at him and the wife to realise that you were dealing with a, with a lower class of person. You were dealing with somebody who thinks that takeaway pizza is something you cook yourself. You know, you're dealing with somebody whose mentality is roughly that to an amiibo. I mean, it, it was just tragic. You know, and they all swear. And they think at the end of the day that they're going to be really clever. But, of course, at the end of the day, he lost all his cigarettes. I wanted to say, goodbye, fat boy. Goodbye. Lost all that money, haven't you? You're very lucky we never find you at the same time. So off he went, effing and blinding. Then they cut to another airport, and there's another two blokes. Again, also come back from holiday with thousands of cigarettes, so I'm taking them. Well, no, I'll, I'll just pay the, the duty. No, no, you've lost them. You've come through the green channel. Well, it never said nothing. Yes, it did. There's a red phone. What, are you blind or something? And they stand there, the customs people, being very obliging. You know, listen, it's uh, two hours it took. In the end, these two stupid heifer-lumps lost their cigarettes, and they had to walk off, still effing and blinding and all this kind of stuff. And I thought, ha, 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 ha. Listen, girly boys, you've lost your cigarettes just because you're too stupid to read. You know, it's not their fault. You know, it's the education system. I blame the fact that we've got too many young presenters on television. More older presenters on television, ladies. More older women on television. Oh, they did ask somebody about Adele being fat the other day. They asked Jabba the Hutt from The Only Way is Essex. You remember Gemma Collins? They've asked her. And she's going, listen, you know, people like people who are sort of curvy. Not you, they don't, dear. Nobody likes you. Nobody likes you at all. Quarter past four. LBC 97.3. With Steve Allen. Morning. I said Capello would quit. 
I said two days ago on this programme, when he went back and he started criticising the FA, I said, he's in breach of contract. He's in breach of contract. They're going to haul him in. And they did. They hauled him in, and then he went. I think because they obviously reached him, but £6 million he was on. And he's going to probably pocket about £1.5 because he's quit early. Who gives a stuff? Who cares? Nobody cares, do they? Nobody cares. And then uh, Mr Redknapp could get the job. That's Harry. Because he's obviously now backing everybody's uh, books again. So they're all going, yeah, Harry Redknapp, yeah. Let's give it to him. It's not bad. It's not done bad, actually, Harry Redknapp. Council house to a, an eight to ten million pound house down in Bournemouth on Sandbanks. Very nice it is, right by the water's edge. It's mansion after mansion. It's a bit like going to Winnington Road in Hampstead where it's mansion after mansion after mansion. And I got a bit excited yesterday, because so far, the person who won the 45 million, da, 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 on the Euro Millions, hasn't come forward. So while they don't come forward, I'm doing fantasy spending, which means that I've had a couple of emails from the lottery, which I have, uh, saying, congratulations, the ticket you bought for so-and-so was a winner. And now, if, if I log on to my account, it'll probably say 45 million, 160,000. But I don't want to spoil that. So at the moment, until somebody comes forward, it's mine. So I've now started trawling all the estate agents to try and find the house for me. And I found one in Richmond. And it came up for sale about three weeks ago. And it's, it's really lovely. It's very nice. It's got, I think, eight bedrooms, lovely swimming pool complex. It's got a wine store for 2,000 bottles. <laughs> That'd take you ages to fill that up, wouldn't it? 2,000 bottles and a little area for drinking and all the rest of it. And it's really lovely. It's got private off-street parking and garage and everything else. But it didn't have a price on it. And so I've had a look on Knight Frank's website, which is very popular. If you really want to play fantasy lottery, go on there and type in the area where you want to live and see what's available. And around my area, Richmond, they go from, well, it was 15 million down to, you know, a couple of million for some, for some nice properties. There's a very nice one um, by Hampton Court Palace, but it's only got four bedrooms, but it's 10 million. And I thought that'd be quite nice, a bit isolated. So I looked at this other house, which is not on Knight Frank's, it's on Savile's website. And, uh, and it didn't have a price on it. So I'm trying to work out how much it would go for. Well, blow me down. I go to Savile's website yesterday thinking, I better have another look at it just to decide. Because if, if, once I've got the 45 million and I've been interviewed by Nick Ferrari and it's all, you know, I've had to explain how, you know, what happens when you win the lottery. They come round, they give you some cash. Then they say, you know, would you like us to open bank accounts? And I then decided in my dreams that I was going to go with Coots. I was, I was debating whether I was going to go with Drummond's or Child's or any one of those nice big private. Then I thought Coots. I mean, I, I like Drummond's and I like Childs. It's all part of the Royal Bank of Scotland, but they just sound a lot posher. You've got to have a little bit more money. So I thought, I'll go with Childs. Uh, sorry, I'll, I'll go with Coots. So I was debating, right, the money's gone in there, then I'm going to make various bequests to people. You know, I'm going to help people out and give to charity. So all this I've explained to Nick Ferrari in my dream. OK, in my dream I've done this. And then I went to Savile's website and there is my dream house. Well, it's one of my dream houses. I've got about three. One that, w- that was for sale in Petersham went, and that was 15 million, and that was a huge converted church. Oh, it was fantastic, but it must have cost a fortune to heat the blooming thing. It really must. And so I looked, and there was my house. So I went through, they got all the pictures of inside and everything, and then it had the price at the end. And it was that that then put me off. So I've won 45 million, just over 45 million, okay? And this house is 22 and a half million. And to be honest with you, I don't think it's worth £22.5 I think they're just pushing it to see what they can get. But there are bigger houses available, and they're not half the price of this one. And I've looked at the garden, and also you've got houses right next door to you. Your garden, you know, is, is very nice. It's not huge. £22.5 and I thought, no, don't think so. 
I don't, if I was going to buy a house, I'd buy a nice one on Richmond Hill, which has got that beautiful view. But th- this one, I don't know what the view is, but I, when they went into the garden at the back and showed you pictures, you could see how close the houses are right next door to you for twenty-two and a half million. So I then decided, even if I won forty-five million, I was not going to spend twenty-two and a half million pounds on the house. But I still haven't checked whether or not with the national lottery I've actually got some money. I haven't done that bit yet. So today's going to be quite a nice day. Actually, most days are quite nice days, provided you sort of fantasise over things. And if you, and you, if you spend your whole life living in a fantasy, it's brilliant. I absolutely love it. I mean, you, you can have the most fun without actually spending any money at all. Not that it's, you know, I mean, not that you want to go out and spend money in this weather. It's far too cold. So, in fact, the colder it gets, the happier I become, because it means you stay in and you can have some comfort food. And the more I thought about this chicken, potato, cheese and broccoli pie, it's quite delicious. It really is. It's, it's, it's sort of like a creamy sauce. Yum, yum, yum. Making me qu- feel quite hungry now, actually, which is, uh, which is good. I think I'll definitely have another one today. Definitely. Uh, more snow, they say, will blanket the country as the big freeze continues. Mainly up north. <clears throat> Mainly up north. And that other bloke... Do you remember the bloke who said that he'd had a, a fling with um, Cheryl Cole? I think he was, he was a rapper. Can't is it MC Harvey? It turns out he was lying, I'm afraid. It's a bit like doing the Jeremy Carl show, isn't it? Um, and we did a, a lie detector test. You do, why do these people say these things? It's, it's so easy to find out if somebody lies, isn't it? And, and he, he sort of, he pushed it. Perhaps he needed the publicity. Perhaps, he, perhaps he's immensely thick and dim. And, um, and they had to get rid of him. Why are you talking of getting rid of somebody? There's a lad here who's been suspended from a very posh school in, uh, in Brentwood. I'm sorry, the two don't quite go together, do they? Posh and Brentwood. It's £14,000 a year. Um which actually isn't posh. It's not in the posh category. Posh category would be Eton, where I think it's something like 35,000 a year? 35, 65? I can't remember. Whatever it is, it's certainly a lot more than 14. And uh, this youngster was caught using his mobile to take photos up the skirts of... <coughs> excuse me, women teachers. I'm so excited about the whole thing. And so they've, uh, they've expelled him. The headmaster told parents about the scandal... And he said the schoolboy had been kicked out for using a mobile phone to take an inappropriate picture of a member of staff. Clearly, the incident has greatly upset many of the teachers, I should imagine. Former pupils of the school include Frank Lampard, Keith Allen and Noel Edmonds. I rest my case, apart from Noel Edmonds, of course. Frank Lampard and Keith Allen. It's really turning out the class, isn't it, there? And here she is, Annika Rice, still with that famous, uh, famous jumpsuit. She's 53. Famous for leaping out of helicopters and being a complete and utter irritant. <laughs> it's not that blooming Annika Rice again, is it? Yep, and here's the cameraman. Come on, she's going, quick, 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 quick. Where's, 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 where's? And, and the clue is an, an orange. And, and Oh, I don't know. Where is it? Where is it? Wincy Willis back in the studio. But, uh, 17 years she's been away from television. And it don't seem a day too long. And uh, also because she did Treasure Hunt and Challenge Annika, which I quite liked. I like Challenge Annika when she went out and did things for people. It was a bit like um, a Jim will fix it kind of programme, you know, which, which was good, actually. And uh, friends say she was very excited to get a call from the BBC, and so they're looking at a magazine-style programme focusing on lifestyle topics and her own art show. Two primetime shows with the BBC. When they say primetime, I, uh, I mean, I'm t- an art show? Oh, how dull. I'm not sure about that. And also... A lifestyle topic. Oh, God, dreariness. 
lifestyle topics. What'll that be? Cake baking. We've already got this on the television. I need somebody else doing it. Friends say Annika was surprised to get the call. I know. The BBC controller, Danny Cohen, said, I'm looking forward to developing different projects with Annika. Oh. Oh, well, there you go, then. If he said that, I suppose it must be true. What? I've got no idea. Because they're not doing very well. Because most people want to go out now. Unless it's particularly cold, in which case you want to stay in. You don't want to go anywhere, do you? You can't be bothered when it's, when it's cold. I'll be glad when we, get, when we get summer. Oh, the good news is that... Um, do you remember the uh, my big fat uh, traveller wedding? They call it gypsy wedding, but it's, it was really a bit of a lie there. And, uh, and we had a teenage girl who was grabbed. Apparently this is quite common within the traveller community, only invented over the past few years for sad, lonely, spotty boys who can't pull anybody at all. And the girls go, no, I don't want to. And so the boys then grab them and kiss them. Anyway, some poor little, some poor little girl called Cheyenne Pidgeley. Cheyenne, I mean, I ask you, who calls their child Cheyenne? ridiculous, really, was pinned up against the wall, and it was seen on television by John McFadgian. John McFadgian pinned her up against the wall and, um, <coughs> and kissed her. And they're going to get married. It's nice, isn't it? Don't you just love a happy ending? You know, it's lovely there, isn't it? And apparently they're just putting the finishing touches to her vulgar... Sorry, to her dress for the, uh, for the next airing of the show. Oh, dear Cheyenne. They do live in Isha in Surrey. But for that, don't, don't read anything too exciting into it. They're in the naff end of Isha. Thank God for that, eh? Thank God for that. The sooner they stay there, the better. So they're going to get mad, and you've got another series coming up. Another series on the television. Didn't think they could make something as dreary as that last that long. We've seen a few of these ghastly people, and people splitting up, and people not splitting up, and everything else. Uh, Adele must know if she's a bit heavy, says Dave. Makes her singing sound better. It's kind of like how you can hear a whale from 350 miles away. Do you know they've made it... Isn't it funny? Somebody comes up and says something, you know, some 75-year-old fashion designer, which was, which was done when I think he was prompted because they've got nothing to write about in the papers at the moment until, until, uh, until Harry Redknapp's case the other day and, and Fabio Capello as well. They had nothing else to put in the papers, so a lot of them are full of stories about let's ask other fat people how they think about being called fat. And the answer is, you know, most of them are in denial. If you're fat, you're fat. You know you're fat. I can walk past... I can sit here now and think, I don't think I look too fat. I walk past a window and I see my reflection, I go, fat. But that's my business. I really... I couldn't care less what anybody says. It didn't make any difference at all to me. But, uh, so they've asked various people, you know, what it's like to be fat. And one of them, as I say, is from The Only Wears Essex, where she looks a bit out of place... Poor old Gemma Collins. I mean, you know, everybody else is sort of slim and, and got stupid voices and they're a bit dim. And she's just a bit dim with a stupid voice and she's fat at the same time. And she said, oh, no, me, me, men fancy. But, well, not you they don't, dear, do they? You've been very unlucky in love. I feel a bit sorry for her, really, because she's, a, she's sort of struggling, not only with the fact that there's probably not many outfits that she can she can sort of buy, you know, because you have to go to sort of outside shops like Evans and places like that, and, and people, you know, when you go in there, why don't they just say, it's the fat girl shop, like Hefty Hideaway in Hairspray, where they went there and they, they were catering, you know, for sort of, for sort of nice, nice places and nice, nice bodies. And in fact, actually, the bigger the girl, the more they love them in Hairspray. If you haven't seen it, you have to go and watch it, I think. Uh, this cold weather has brought mice in, says Andy. Uh, really? I don't, I thought mice just spend all their time sleeping at the moment. Isn't this hibernation time for a lot of, a lot of mice? I think so. Uh, Patsy says, thank you so much for your, the further up the country, the thicker they become. So Essex. I know. Always works a treat, though, doesn't it? It really does. I've used it for the past 15 years, that line. 15 years. Lee says, I hope you mean younger than me. 
I don't, you're not finishing work again, are you? Have you just finished work doing one of those ghastly television programmes? Come on, we're going to spin from the number 28. I love that. Have you seen these roulette programmes on the television? Does it make a difference where they spin from? You get some poor girl, thank you, uh, a little bit like that, a bit sing-songy voice. There was somebody the other day, she was a bit of a funny girl, I think she called herself Gemma B or something like that. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm assuming she was like a comedienne. Because she was she was sort of presenting the the roulette programme as if it was some sort of challenge Gemma kind of programme. I think her name was Gemma. Call me Gemma J. And here I am, and all this kind of thing. And a lot of people sort of dress like they're about to go out for a night on the town. But unfortunately, at four o'clock in the morning, there's not many places you can go. Well, there is round here. The kebab shop's open in, in about an hour and a bit. No, in fact, about half an hour, McDonald's is open. So that's exciting, isn't it? Something to look forward to. It's LBC 97.3. Time now, 4.30. Eve Allen... It's 28 minutes to five. Jane says, what end is the naff end of Isha? You know. You know what's the naff end of Isha. Don't be naive. Don't be naive. 0845 So this morning, uh, is it a good idea to uh, microchip every dog? They reckon there's 8.3 million dogs in this country. 8.3 million dogs, of which they say half are microchipped. And what they're now saying, or the government are now saying, that all dogs should be fitted with microchips. And I would personally go for that 100%. All these people who go, well, I'm not paying for that. If you can afford to have a dog and you can afford to feed it, you can afford to put a microchip in. It's, it's just, it's standard and it should be done. And that way you can identify somebody. Somebody else wrote to me and said, um, what, what about, you know, if, if you're going to microchip uh, dogs? Somebody said, um, you know, how about... How about um, chipping of uh, humans? You know, social security number, the town or city where you live, and your bank details. But they've got that already. They've got that already. Every time you go into a supermarket and you use your credit card, they've got all your details. They, they've, they've got everything about you. I mean, it always makes me laugh when people go in there and they think that nobody knows anything about you. Every supermarket keeps all your details. Every, every time you use your, your credit card in there, they know everything about you. They know your name. They have your address. They know exactly how much you spend each month. And not only that, they know exactly what you spend it on. Every time you use a card in a machine, it knows exactly where you are, what time you used it. It's got all the details on there. They know everything. They know absolutely everything about you. So they can target you. And they will then, you know, all of a sudden you probably wonder why you get something in the post and you think, well, how do they know that I'd be interested in that? It's because all your details are in the computer. Every time you go to Sainsbury's or Tesco or M&S... And you, and you swipe your card through, all the details are there. They've got everything. You know, every time you, you fill in for another credit card. It's going to be interesting. This morning, I think Nick Ferrari's going to try and open a bank account for his cat. This is after Harry Redknapp got an account for his dog. So they're going to be saying, can you get an account for a, for a cat? And I'm, I'm assuming you could. I don't know how it would work out. I don't know which bank would let you do it. I'd be curious to find out with the banking ombudsman. Whereas, in fact, you can... I mean, because if you can set up accounts for for kids and your granny and everybody else, it shouldn't be too difficult to set up one for a for a, for a, a, a hamster or a, a bat or a parrot or something like that. And you just put a bit of money in there every so often. I don't know how it would work, actually. Because normally you have to... T- we suppose you could turn up with them in a cage, couldn't you? I brought in my, my hamster... And uh, here, here is the cat, and I want to open up an account for them. Why? Well, they might want to spend some money later in life. You know, and if, and if you deny them this, it's denying their, their rights. You find, you'd probably find a lawyer would take that on, actually. Uh, Brian says, Reese Cheyenne, Marlon Brando's daughter was called there. I know. Yeah, but there's a difference. Marlon Brando, traveller. Cheyenne, 
Kylie, you know, and all these other peculiar names. It's the spelling of them that always makes me laugh. The spelling of them is just unbelievable. Houses by the River Flood. Uh, you're not talking about um, Harry Redknapp's house. It's not actually by the... It's on the coast. It's down at Sandbanks in... Uh, in in Bournemouth, it's very posh down there, and so they've all got landing. There's a picture in the uh, in the papers today of what his house looks like. Why that should make any difference, uh, I don't know, because I've seen the house before. It's it's a bit sort of Tudorish looking, um, and it's worth about between eight to ten million. It's got a landing stage. He's he's he's, he's probably got a a boat. I should imagine most people down there have actually got boats, and he's not done badly. He's from a, an East End council house. And he's kind of done all right, isn't he? Done all right. So it's, uh, it's good for him. He might get the England job. I don't think it makes any difference. Why, you know, why we had to give it to an Italian in the first place. And the money they're on, the money is phenomenal. Six million pounds. And he'll probably walk away with about, I would think, a million and a half as a payoff. I did, I, I did smile, though, because every picture of the paper today with Harry Redknapp outside the court, prominently placed, is the LBC microphone. You can see it in every picture. It's so funny. Everybody else has got very bland-looking microphones, not LBC. LBC 97.3. We got, I don't know who was holding it yesterday. I can't remember. Was it Phil Kittram Leaders? He's managed to get it into every shot. It's not bad going, actually. You should probably, we, used to, we, we had a, an award ceremony years ago on LBC for that. Every time you went out, if you managed to get the LBC logo into shot on a news programme, you got a bonus, a bar of chocolate or something. I can't remember what it was. But I remember thinking, that's such a nice idea, isn't it? Such a nice idea that you can, uh, you can do things like that. Uh, Christo was talking about the British sense of humour. It is only British, isn't it? It is, it is peculiarly British, our sense of humour. Nobody else understands it. This is after uh, the French actress Clémence Pouzy, star of Birdsong, says she wants to work more in Britain after being seduced by the English sense of humour. She says, my favourite thing about the English is their sense of humour. I knew I had to make an effort if I wanted people to be friends with me. I had to be funny, otherwise no one would want to have a drink with me. So, I've got no idea what the British sense of humour is. The British sense of humour. Do you mean sarcasm? Because sarcasm, I mean, is really... You know, she she says um, she she was doing a a Roman... I've never seen Birdsong. But she confessed the graphic sex scenes were far from easy. Yeah, didn't stop you doing it, though, did it? I love the way they always go, well, of course, it was very difficult, that graphic sex scene. But, of course, I'm an artiste, so... I just, no, you did it because it's a job, love, and somebody paid you money. Don't start trying to justify whipping your kit off in a film. I get very bored with people like that who go, well, of course, it's artistic. No, you just want to get your kit, kit off, isn't it? That's all it comes down to. There's no sort of justification for it at all. I remember years and years ago, and I've told you the story, I went to the Richmond Theatre because Linda Lusardi was appearing with Peter Duncan from Blue Peter... And, uh, and they say, warning, this play features full frontal nudity. So, of course, all the old Linda Lusardi fans are out there in the front row. And who took their clothes off? Peter Duncan. Stark, staring, nude, in the middle of the stage in a white spotlight. I kid you not, it was a bit like Daniel Radcliffe in, in Equus. In fact, it was quite a bit like Daniel Radcliffe in Equus. Uh, the Sun this morning, uh, they've got the England boss quitting... Over John Terry. This was over because the FA decided to drop John Terry whilst, you know, we've got a court case pending and they thought it was perhaps best for everybody concerned. And then obviously, you know, uh, Capello goes in there and goes, well, I don't do right, I don't do And started criticising, which is against his, his contract, I'm imagining. And so then he went yesterday. Does it make any difference? I don't know. I really don't know. I'm more worried. Oh, I'll tell you, I got quite delighted. Do you remember that ghastly old bag from Big Brother, Makosi? Remember Makosi, a dreadful old, old baggage? Anyway, she was kicked out of Britain after trying to enter using a relative's passport. You must think we're stupid, love. You really must think we're stupid. 
Apparently, the ex-nurse, a very brief nurse, uh, arrived at London's Heathrow Airport from Lagos. Um, she sort of... Her, her antics, she claimed, uh, made her a murder target in Zimbabwe, which, of course, is a right load of old rubbish, a right load of old toffee, because she lives in Lagos with her partner, and she had £12,000 in cash confiscated. Who travels with 12... I was amazed they were doing this on this border patrol. And the amount of people who turn up with loads of money when they go into the airport. One of them, there were three, three Polish workers, stopped in a car, and they all... Oh dear, they all had £1,600. And the customs man said, you know, you've been working, haven't you? No, no, we're on holiday. No, you've been working. And eventually, <coughs> they, uh, they admitted they'd been working. He said, there's no... You don't need to worry about it. You're allowed to work... It just shows how much money is going out of the country through Polish workers. What they're doing is taking the money from here and they're taking it back to Poland, where it's worth much more. So eventually we end up with sort of not much at all, I'm afraid. Uh, Jane says essentially would the NAF end. I'm not playing games with you, Jane. Well, you go and find out for yourself, dear. It's not sort of 20 questions. It's not Ask Jeeves. It's not Ask Jeeves, dear. Go and find out for yourself. I'm sure you'll manage it. Uh, Andy reckons the mice are definitely not hibernating. I thought they were. I thought in the cold weather... Mice hibernate. I thought that's what they do. They're certainly not very active. It's far too cold. They're only little tiny things. So, I mean, I'd be very surprised if they're out there. Very, very surprised. I love the idea that Rod, Rod Little... Never been a particular fan of Rod Little. I've always thought a little bit of talent stretched out. But uh, he talks about the Liberal, Liberal Democrat MP, Lembit Opic. He's not an MP anymore, is he? Is he not an MP anymore, Liber Lim uh, Lembit Opic? No, he was kicked out ages ago because he's an idiot. But he says here, he once tried to sue me. He suggested that a piece I'd written had made him a laughing stock. <coughs> this is the stupidest man in politics who was kicked out by the constituents who suddenly realised the man was an idiot. Since then, of course, he's appeared on This Morning with his clothes off. Loose Women, Anton Deck Saturday Night Takeaway, Al Murray's Happy Hour, I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here, All Star Mr and Mrs and a whole bunch of other... Um, dreadful programmes. Now he's acting the goat in a pop video for an indie band. It must be dreadful being Lembid Opic. How embarrassing. Poor soul, but never mind. So Rod decides to take him to, uh, to task today. Um, as is Ken Livingstone. Ken Livingstone is taken to task today under fire for suggesting the Tory party was riddled with gays. Funny thing to say. <coughs> Very funny thing. Is, is, does that mean that Ken, Ken Livingstone, you know, he calls them gays? He says here he accused some Conservatives of being hypocrites for publicly denouncing homosexuality while privately indulging in it. Oh dear, I'm not sure about that. So even if it is riddled with gays, doesn't that sound a little bit prejudiced, a little bit homophobic there? It's riddled with gays. I mean, what people do privately, Ken, as you can well imagine, is up to them. You know, it's like saying, have you slept with lots of women and got lots of different children? It's your business. Nobody's, nobody's remotely interested. Whether I should imagine the Lib Dems and the Labour Party are riddled with uh, with gays as well. I should imagine the church is riddled with gays. I should imagine, actually, just about every... The House of Commons is riddled with gays as well. Married and otherwise. Everywhere is riddled with gays. I don't think riddled would be the right word. Gays are everywhere. You know, probably driving buses, I shouldn't wonder. Good Lord, tube trains. Oh, no, not, not tube trains. And uh, they, they certainly wouldn't be driving taxis, would they? That's a very butch job. Very butch job. Uh, Ian says, it's right regarding the chip, but imagine it linked to a satellite. First it'll be dangerous criminals, then those on benefits. Then you won't need a bank card, will you? Oh, I'll, I'll welcome the day you don't need a bank account. Or a bank card. You just stand there and you hold your finger up to something. I quite like that idea. And uh, how about sterilising every dog in the country? Yes. I, th I think that would be a, a good idea. And I think, actually, owners should be sterilised. 
You see them all on the television now. Every week I get people in a, in a, in a family and they go, and they're sort of, you know, and they've got 15 children and they're all on benefits and they've got two houses and they've got this and they all do their holidays and everything else. You think, why don't people want to work in this day and age? Why do they not want to work? I was a bit disappointed that the ex-England ace Paul Merson is a drunk driver, just been banned from from driving for 18 months. He was arrested after his Mercedes piled into the back of a Ministry of Defence lorry as he drove home following a boozy charity bash. What a stupid person. What a stupid person. Actually getting behind the wheel of a car. I mean, he was apparently one and a half times over the legal limit. He's been banned for 14 months, fined 1,500 quid plus £105 court costs and a £15 victim surcharge. I mean, it's just... I know lots of people do charity do's, but the one thing you've got to watch is is how much you drink. And if you do... It's, it's a bit difficult, actually. It's a bit difficult to probably go out and do a charity thing and not drink any alcohol. But, uh, I don't know, banning him for 14 months? I think it should be banned for life. I think it's, it's a case of, you know, if you've done anything like this before, I think we just have to ban people. Uh, so, is it a good idea to microchip your dogs? Is it a good idea to have them microchipped? Only, they reckon, half the dogs in this country are microchipped at the moment. And under the government plans, they want, uh, they want people to be microchipped. Because you do have dogs walking around. I think even the RSPCA have said they want compulsory microchipping to create a clear link between all dogs and their owners. Good idea. 08456060973. Lord Renton says, Surely anyone who can't control their dog shouldn't have one. Totally agree. Totally agree. No such thing as a bad dog, is there? It's bad owners. Bad owners. Quarter to five is the time. London's biggest conversation. Morning, 14 minutes to five. Uh, Paul says, I do think that nice though she is, Annika Rice should stay in the TV gold cupboard. Used to love Treasure Hunt with, I think, Kenneth Kendall, and she did some great work with Challenge Annika, but was I the only one who wished when she picked up the large brick that was a mobile phone to appeal to the local builders or whoever she wanted to give them stuff? The bloke that owned the company would just in a while do a Princess Anne and tell her to naff off. I did go through my Sky Plus menu the other day for the week and found I'd only recorded three shows on BBC One, a couple on BBC Two and some vintage Top of the Pops. Same as you, the answer is to bring back Noel Edmonds. I totally agree. Noel Edmonds back on the television, Saturday night, BBC One, with, uh, with Crinkly Bottom. I think definitely that Noel's house party was the best programme. Gave loads of work to loads of celebrities. It was really, really good. It was fun. It was entertaining. People won prizes. It was what I call family entertainment. If ever there was a good programme, that would be it. I don't think bringing back Annika Rice in an art programme or a, a lifestyle programme is the kind of thing we want anymore. I think we've kind of moved on a bit from that, but they've suddenly realised that most people can't, can't do anything. We have a, a, a deluge, don't we, of quizzes. I'm so bored with quizzes on the television. Here's another quiz. And, and I do sit there and I do play along with them. And I do worry about how many people don't know answers. And then I look at Noel's programme and they've been fairly good. They're not very good at finding contestants for the show. Most of them do look a bit dim nowadays, I'm afraid. So I'm not, I'm not wild about some of the contestants. But I, I like the, uh, the whole premise of the show. I think that's quite good. But definitely bring him back. It was Peter Salmon who, who dropped him. I think it was Peter Salmon from the BBC. Because they, they, they said he was a bit outdated. But I thought he was brilliant. Noel's Christmas presents was never better than when it was on the BBC. It's still good now. But it, it just needs that boost. For them. And they'd, they'd be stupid not to bring him back. 
Come on, Mr Cohen, for goodness sake. Come on, let's see. Why don't you check with the public? Why don't you ask the public? Who do you want to see? Noel Edmonds or Annika Rice? I could tell you what the overwhelming answer will be. It'll be Noel Edmonds. But don't take my word for it. Why don't you conduct a survey? You're very good at wasting money at the BBC. Why not waste some more? Do a survey. Find out what, what people really want. Makes far more sense, doesn't it? 08456060973. Uh, Jan says, but teenagers and younger children are taking large dogs for a walk, so will they get arrested? Oh, I think so. Oh, I, I definitely think so. <laughs> and uh, another one here. Uh, Steve, I deliver to a well-known restaurant in St Martin's Lane near you every morning, and down the side street I see about 20 mice. Is it mice you see every morning, or rats? I mean, just up the road here in Chinatown, there's a, uh, there's a corridor that runs through. I've been here daytime and seen rats running down the side of it. So, I mean, they're, they're all... And you know why they're out there? Because of food. I mean, the pavements are like a skid patch up the road here. Uh, morning, Len. Good morning, Your Reverend. Morning, morning. Um, good morning. <laughs> I'm also a member of the same church as you, I do believe, with both reverends. I know, I'm, I'm happy to be ordained and I'm looking forward to conducting funerals. Soon. Um, I've, I've offered to do a few, but nothing's happened yet. I know. I mean, I mean but the trouble is, most of the ones I want to bury are still living. Yeah, oh, I don't, I've got a great big list, you know. Yeah, you have, you've, I've got a book. A book. <laughs> so, my, microchipping. I think it'd be a great idea for dogs. And I think if it's done properly and, and uh, organised with a national register, I think 90% or 99% of all the problems with dogs in this country would disappear. Yeah. I'm I'm all great fan of microchipping. I've I've often even thought stick them in humans when they're born. Yes, very good uh, idea. And then you could tra- and then you could find out where they are. So when they went through customs, you go, we know exactly who you are. You don't need to stand there with a passport. You've been chipped. That's it. it why not? It wouldn't do. It wouldn't infringe. It's only infringing liberties if you want to be a robber or something. Yeah, but you it? know, there's always these little groups. You'll find sort of Shami Chakrabarti will stand up and go, we shouldn't have identity cards because it infringes... P-. And you think, oh, go away, for goodness sake, honestly. It's just no, ridiculous. I, I, don't have, I, I don't have any problem with, with microchipping or identity cards or anything like that. Oh, no, I'm quite, I'm quite happy that when I go shopping with, and, uh, you know, my credit, credit and debit cards tell me who I am and where I am, the one that... The one that really does go into things is these club cards they give you in yes, shops. Yes, That That really goes into your personal lives, you know. I've even got one under a false name and address where I use at one of the supermarkets to cut down the junk mail, you know. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I don't get junk mail now. I used to get junk mail. I, I don't get it now. Oh, I get everything. I'll, I'll register with the TPS and the... Uh, oh, the mailing preference service. Yeah. Yes. And it still comes in. Um... They get round all these things, even like the phone one, where you, which is a link to the MPS, you know. Yes. Um, and uh, when you look into it, they've dulled from abroad and they can't do nothing about it. No, you know? that is the problem. It used to be you can also do the mailing preference of, for people who do the cold calling, and all they do, they move the call centres overseas. Yeah, once it's based over there, you might as well not bother, you know. Well, somebody told me the, the trick with the, with the cold calling is just to say to them, hold on a sec, just put the phone down and wander off and just carry on doing everything you want to do, and then just That's leave it. them because it clogs up their phone line. That's it. But um, I've um, uh, luckily now got a more modern mobile, and directly a number comes in, I'll just blank it, and yeah. I've got an app that you can uh, block any number you like. All right. These always come in with weird numbers. Do you know, I've, I've, I mean, I've actually got friends of mine who the phone will ring and they look at it and they say to me, I wonder who that is, and then they answer it. 
No, well, I, I thought, if you don't know who it is, don't answer it. No, I don't. No, no, I don't, don't, don't either. It's, uh, got quite some advantages when you can see the number in advance. Yes, and yes. one of them. I mean, I, I hate withheld. Oh, my biggest fate, they shouldn't allow it. No. What, what, I don't know why they ever what? did. It used to be that you could dial that 1471, but the good news is that even if you can't dial the 1471, you can call the exchange and they can, if it's the last number and nobody's dialed since, they can find out what, what that number is. Well, yeah. I've got some telephone numbers because I used to write for a magazine, mm. see, and uh, they, they're rooted to my mobile. You get them off the internet. And they, if the number's withheld, you get the whole number except for the last three digits. Right. But sometimes you can work out who it is, you know, over the years of seeing whose number's what, you know. Yeah. And um, that's paid off a couple of times, but I I think I should do away with it. If you, why should you hold, withhold your number? Are you going to do something a bit naughty? Yeah, like, you that's, know? A, that's what worries me. It's a, I always think if, if you're up to no good if you've withheld your number. Well, if you've got a landline, you can have them totally blocked. Yes. And I... I I personally had that on my landline when I had one, but I ain't got one there because you don't need one, you know. Yeah. I've actually paid for a service on my landline, which means I can trace every number that comes in. Every time somebody dials my home number, it's traced. That's lovely. Yeah, it's quite quite good, actually. (coughs) It just means that you hardly ever pick up the phone at home. Because I've got an answer phone. That also stops people leaving messages as well. If you have an answer phone, if it's a cold calling company, and it goes into, we're not available at the moment, please leave your name and number, they hang up. But they don't ring for long, do they? No. Two rings and they're gone. You yes. know, somebody get your mobile out of your pocket, they're gone. Yes, I, f- I find... I, I have to be honest, I mean, I used to... I used to, years and years ago, get plagued by this cold calling stuff. And you knew it was somebody calling from a, a centre because you'd pick up the phone and go, hello, and they'd be quiet. And then they would pick up because they're sitting in a call centre waiting for the light to come on to prove that you've picked up the phone. Yeah. Well, at the moment, somebody's trying to flog me something at ten past five every evening because my phone don't ring, but it... Because I've got these little bats on it. Right. It comes up with a unknown number. You're on a computer dial-out, then? Yeah. That's a computer dial-out, and it will dial out thousands and thousands of numbers, and it will do it at a certain time. And if you... That's yeah. what I say. If, if you pick up, somebody in the call centre would go, somebody's picked up. Quick, get that one there. Hello! Yeah. <laughs> that's what they do. If, if it's the same time every day, it's a call centre computer. I know that, yeah. They're, and it will be. I hate it. Whenever you call up, sometimes some of the phone companies, they say, do you have two minutes to take a survey? And you go, well, not really, no. <laughs> Just in the process of yeah. burying the grandmother, you know. <laughs> a little bit busy yeah, at the but, moment. But, but you're right to be wary. You're absolutely right to be wary, because th- there are so many people who've got access to your details. You can actually go on. I, I could probably, through your phone number, Len, and thank you for your call, find out all sorts of things about you. I can find out how much your house, house is worth. Once I've found out your address, which shouldn't be too difficult to find, and then you just go onto this website, you can find out how much a similar house to yours sold for in your area. So if you live in a block of flats, you can find out what the last, you know, flat sold for. And it's, it's, it's really amazing how much information about you is easily accessed. Easily accessed. Did you see that scam the other day that was operating? You know the couple who won 161 million? Well, apparently there's somebody on the internet who is pretending to be them and, uh, and offering money to people. We've got 161 million, we're willing to share it with you and give you 2%, uh, provided you allow us to use your bank account and stuff like that, and people are falling for it. I know it seems daft, and I know we've warned you a million times before, but it's amazing the amount of people who still get caught by these cons. 
These these people who sort of pick up the phone and, you know, flog sand from, from Abu Dhabi or whatever it is. They, they can flog you anything. You know, a bit of ice. Where are you? Antarctica. We've got loads of ice here. We'd like to... Would you, it's like... The other one was property, wasn't it? Would you like to buy this? Because very shortly it's going to be worth a lot of money and you could make a killing. And you often think, well, why are you telling me? Surely if you're going to make a lot of money, you'd want to keep it yourself. But they don't. David Beckham's in the papers again today. The talking knitting pattern. Uh, talking about, which we did the other day, how many friends he's got. And he's only got three, so they then decided to ask loads of people. They asked Michael Aspel, who's got six male and four female friends, which is quite interesting. Linda Bellingham, star of Calendar Girls. My oldest friend is Jenny. He said, I've got about ten life friends, but there are about 50 people in my life whom I love as friends. She says, very strange. Well, it's not very strange that David Beckham's only got three. She because men don't work at relationships. Women work at relationships, don't they? Men just go, and oh, the wife will sort it out. Tony Blackburn has got three. Uh, one of his, actually, is somebody I know very well, Phil Swern, who is the producer of his, uh, his uh, little radio show. And he's also got David Hamilton. He says, I'm doing sport relief this year. Which all sounds a bit naughty to me. I'm doing a bit of sport relief, you know. Sounds like a bit of embrocation. Uh, Jilly Cooper says, I've got thousands of friends, my dog friends, my male friends, my women friends. But when I'm writing, she says, I suffer from hermititis. She becomes like a, a hermit. Uh, also, Keith Barron, the actor. I love Keith Barron, actually. I, I tell you, if you want, really want a good programme to watch, Duty Free. Oh, an even better programme I watched yesterday. I finally got it through. <coughs> I'd ordered it on Amazon. It's called Military Wives. And it's the story of the military wives who ended up singing at the Royal Albert Hall for the Remembrance Day service. And he goes down and it, it follows Gareth, Malone and, uh, and all the ladies from when, you know, they first joined the choir. It's really good. It's really, really good. It makes you cry because it's so uplifting. Even though I, I, I'm still not a big fan of the woman with all the tattoos at the front, I'm afraid. I can't get over that. Cover yourself up when you're appearing in front of the Queen. and just look tacky, I'm afraid. And then she went in the papers going, oh, I've been bullied on this and that. I thought, good it is, because it looks cheap and horrible. It really doesn't look very nice at all. But they did very well. Raised over a half million pounds, and the DVD is out of, uh, of them. And their, their meteoric rise, which is fantastic. Matthew Wright... The TV presenter, well, I take issue with that, I'm afraid. I've seen the programme, it's a bit lame. He's obviously told to promote anything that's on, up on Channel 5. Can't get arrested. And he says, in my 46 years, like most people, the number of my close friends has fluctuated. When I was at school, I had one very best friend, six good friends, and then at uni, I had good friends who've carried on with me. There's nothing worse than those uni friends. You can't get rid of them, can you? They're like bad pennies. And so what he does, he says, uh, once a year, about 40 of us, with children and partners, camp out together... How awful. I can't think of anything worse. We're all going camping again. Mind you, Christo goes on holiday with the same people every year to the same place. The same ten people and Christo. You know, it's like they're all, they're all going on holiday and here's Christo. And, and he sort of trudges along behind them with his little bags and his sandwiches and everything else and his bottle of vodka. And they're all on holiday in the same place. They all go to Mykonos, and it's the same... I can't think of anything worse. I can't, imagine being stuck with the same ten people every year. How boring is that? Oh, blimey. Mind you, there's some lovely pictures of the paper today. Uh, Mein Camp. This is uh, pictures of Hitler, who's very camp. In fact, I would go... Oh, I think he was gay. Frankly, if you look at some of these pictures here, here he is in a pair of shorts with, uh, with knee-length socks. It's the campest picture you'll ever see, uh, but he had it banned because it was beneath one's dignity. I think he was gay. No, no doubt in my mind whatsoever. No doubt in my mind whatsoever. News is coming up next. It's Thursday morning. It is cold. Not as cold as it was yesterday afternoon. So, microchipping of dogs. And uh, how much do people know about you? All after the news with Sam.
on FM. Steve Allen. Morning. It's amazing, isn't it, really? How many times when you go out and you use your credit card or your debit card or you send a piece of paper back... It's amazing how many times people hang on to this information so people know everything about you. You know, it it wouldn't take too much to find out, you know, people's addresses, home telephone numbers. It's amazing. There was a a woman the other day, and she was a pensioner. Unfortunately, she got fleeced of money because somebody phoned her up and said, oh, we're we're doing things with your bank account, and uh, we need your PIN number. And she handed it over. She handed over the PIN number, believing she was speaking to somebody from the bank. And uh, some con man took £11,000 out of her bank account. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that, uh, that the bank would then have to reimburse her because it means that their, their security would not be in place properly. Uh, but there is this, this danger, isn't there? There is this sort of danger nowadays that, uh, that, that people can con you. And it's always the people you think are the least likely to con you are the ones who are conning you. I find it dreadfully worrying that there's all this information. That's why whenever I go into a shop and they go, do you have one of these cards? Do you have one of-? No, I don't. No, I don't want one either, thank you. And yet when people open their wallets... As I've said before, you know, they've got about 20 or 30 cards. Every time they go in somewhere, there's another card. You've got a home base card, a boots card, a this card, a that card. This one gets me a discount here. This is a tyre card. The other day, I went in to buy a sausage. And he said, have you got a loyalty card? I thought, well, I'm not planning on coming back again. Not at your prices. <laughs> £4 for a bratwurst. Ridiculous. You buy a whole pack of the blooming things for that. And he said, do you want a loyalty card? And then Starbucks, you know, as you're one of our better customers... Because I've got a Starbucks card, which means it's not really... I mean, to be honest with you, you just load it up and you get free free extras, like free shots of coffee or free this or free that. And I use that. And so, obviously, I'm registered on a computer and I've registered the card at home. But by now, I should be receiving free drinks. So far, diddly squat. Yet they wrote to me the other day saying, you've been invited to come and discuss things with the managing director of Starbucks. I thought, that's quite nice. And then you realise, unless you, um, you quickly get in there, they then will tell you whether or not you've been lucky to be selected. I thought, no, it's just, just another one of these. We've actually got another email address for you. So I didn't bother with that one. I kind of sort of threw, threw that one away and, and, and gave it up, I'm afraid. Very much so. Uh, lots of people, they're still talking about phone hacking, you know. They're still doing phone hacking. They've just started paying out. I think Steve Coogan, worth an estimated £8 million, got £40,000 for phone hacking. I think uh, Paul, Paul Gascoigne, has just been given £68,000. That'll come in useful. Uh, Nigel uh, Farage, uh, ex-wife of the golfer... Uh, uh, sorry, and uh, Elmir Cook, ex-wife, uh, are also taking action. James Blunt, footballer Kieran Dyer. Good, I mean, where's my name in this? Why has nobody hacked my phone? Goodness, come on, news of the world. You could have hacked my phone. It's ridiculous. They're just handing out money left, right and centre. Millions of pounds has gone out so far. I think Alistair Campbell... Uh, Pete Doherty, uh, Tracy Temple, who had a relationship with Lord Prescott, and the jockey Kieran Fallon. It's unbelievable, isn't it? I didn't realise... It's, it's, I mean, I didn't realise, A, it's so easy to hack somebody's phone, and and secondly, I mean, I'm liking this money they're handing out. I mean, I, to be quite honest, they're welcome to hack my phone. I'm abs- Apparently, out of all the people who've been hacked, there's about, I think they said, over over 80 who um, the, the police are not releasing the names because there's still an ongoing investigation. And you think, what, well, it was justified? Because I'm assuming if the news of the world hacked into phones, does not Scotland Yard do the same thing to the police, the uh, security services? Do they not, they not hack into phones as well? I mean, some, how many times, come on, have you been on the phone and you hear a click and you've said to the person at the other end, I think somebody else is on this line. How many times have you said I've said that loads of times. 
Stop using the home phone completely now. Just use the uh, use the mobile. So much easier. Oh eight four five six zero six zero nine seven three. Britain's racecourses are planting trees to mark racing fan the Queen's Diamond Jubilee. Be nice, isn't it? I like a good tree. I like a, I like trees all over the place. More trees the merrier, as far as I'm concerned. And uh, at Aintree, a tree will be put up by the Grand National Fence, Beecher's Brook. It's part of the Woodland Trust Drive to plant six million trees this year. <coughs> and very quickly after Adele was branded fat, Alan Carr and Keith Lemon leapt to defend their pal after Carl Lagerfeld branded her fat. The furious funny man said his comments were no laughing matter and called him a so-and-so and a vile old queen. It's <laughs> not very nice, is it? Goodness sake, honestly, it gets worse. This, this badinage between people nowadays... Um, Lagerfeld caused this sensation uh, when he was asked what he thought of the multi-award winning singer. She's a little too fat, he said, but she has a beautiful face and a divine voice. She's a little bit too fat. Goodness sake, I mean, honestly, people they do get their, their underwear in a twist, don't they? They really do. It's uh, eight minutes past five. Morning, Martin. Morning. Morning. Uh, you thought you were saying about chipping dogs. Yes. Yeah, it can be done. Trouble is getting people to do it. Well, we make it compulsory. And let's face it, we manage oh, yeah, to stop people smoking can. in public buildings. You can you can make sure that they're microchipped. And if they're not, then mm. you fine them. Of course, but you can persuade them to do it by little cheap deals and all sorts of things to get them to, you know... Well, it can't, do doesn't cost job. very much money to do it, does it? About, well, it can be a bit expensive. So there are companies, I think, uh, Battersea Dogs Home do it cheaply for about a tenner. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, that's within everybody's capabilities. Mostly vets do charge a lot more to have it done. Yeah, but, but, but I mean, it, it should be done automatically. The moment the puppy is bored, you put the microchip in, don't you? Uh, yeah, they could do that, but the trouble is don't, you see. And there's no national service, and who's going to pay for it if it was a national service? Well, pa- I don't know, perhaps they could get it sponsored or something. Yeah, that's true. It's, 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 that it's only responsible dog keeping, isn't it? I mean, it's only it's well, only people. I mean, if, if you've got a dog, would you not want to make sure that if somebody nicked it, which is highly likely in this day and age, that you could f- get the thing back again by proving that's your dog? I mean, there's a friend of mine who's got a Staffies, complete, absolute softies. It's a female. It's <clears> chipped, <throat> sprayed, everything. Mm. And, you know, if somebody tried to steal it from her, you know, she'd be able to easily get it back. Mm. Like that. It can be identified straight away. Do people nick staffs? Occasionally. Yeah. Because yeah. Battersea Dogs Home, Dogs and Cats Home, they've got more staffs than anything else. Uh, just because staffs have got a bad image, you yes. see. Apparently, staffs are completely, absolutely harmless. I know this one. It's absolutely softy. It's mm. like a puppy. He won't hurt you, and she won't hurt you in a million years. She's just completely loony. Uh, and at the end of the day, you know. They're not as bad as they look. It's just people who give them a bad image. Yes, well, it's the people who have them. It's the people who have yeah. them who, who... I mean, not all people, but it's it's a certain... It goes with a certain sort of person, doesn't it? You imagine the yeah, person who's got a staff has got tattoos man, yeah. and a dog collar on. Yeah, the idiot who wants to be macho and loony, yeah. I can't stand those sort of people who abuse dogs that way. Well, I, I don't know why, why they even bother having a dog, because they seem to have it as a, as a status symbol. Mm. More than That's a pet. As for microchipping humans, it wouldn't work because, believe it or not, the chip would travel around the human body and you wouldn't be able to find it. Um, it was. Yeah, well, I don't know. You could put it in the shoulder, couldn't you? It wouldn't move there? No, it would still move. There is, in fact, a microchip in your passport. It's in the back. But the problem is, at the moment, that uh, this country hasn't implemented it, but everywhere else in the EU has. Hmm. 
There must be something that we can do to sort of do... I mean, yeah. I, to be honest with you, I mean, passports are such a, such a pain. Well, there is another way. Um, biometric, in fact, they're called RDF tattoos. They've been a bit of a gimmick. Sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. And they're exactly like radio frequency tags used on parcels. Oh. So and where do you get these from? That's read, it, read every time you pass a passport. Yes, I was going to say, every time you go past the post office, you find yourself in another part of the country. Yeah. I quite like that good. idea. You could, you could email yourself to somewhere differently. <laughs> it's a nice idea, though. Yes, I mean, it's a very nice idea. The trouble is, nowadays, we're so overcrowded in this country, you'd never get round to it, would you? No, you'd have to try and, it'd begin uh, something that'd have to be financed by somebody, and you'd have to, like, tattoo everybody. Yes. And, uh, you know, it'd have to be done by people with clean needles and everything. Oh. Already you're putting me off, you see. Already, you know, you're talking needles. Already we're talking ta- I mean, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of tattoos. I don't care what anybody says. They look I mean, naff. this tattoo is like a, an official-like thing. You know, it's just yeah. a mark-type thing. But again, it's been a bit of a gimmick. No one has been able to prove of these radio frequency-based tattoos mm. actually work properly or not. Perhaps we should all be barcoded. That's another idea. But could you imagine getting mistaken for a can of baked beans? Well, exactly. I mean, I, because at the moment I have an app on my iPhone, and you can go and you can put the barcode in. You just aim it, and you put push a button. It tells you the different prices of that particular item. They used to be actually a children's game many years ago. It was a device that let children read barcodes, and it used to like add up points to playing games on this mm. machine. A friend of mine was a secret shopper and had a barcode machine. Yeah, it's exactly the same idea. Um, but the trouble with barcodes, as you know, is that they're not printed correctly. They misread. Yes, yes. And uh, they're, they're very clever, though. When you think about it, it's just a series of black lines. Yeah, and it, and it can tell about. you. Th- I mean, I'm always fascinated by this sort of technology. You know where it was first used? No. You know who did this? In one of the early... Um, can I give the name of the device? No. Cas- oh, well, it was an early um, electronic keyboard made by a well-known Japanese um, to- um, watch manufacturer. Oh, right. And that had a, it had a barcode in it? It had a barcode reader to read the music into it. Oh, right. And all the music was in barcode. <laughs> I mean, I, to be honest with you, I mean, anything like that absolutely fascinates me, Martin. Thank you very much indeed for that. So, I mean, you know, if, if you look at the size... We were laughing the other day about the size of mobile phones and when Annika Rice uh, went on to try and persuade people to give money to a Romanian orphanage and stuff like that. The phone was absolutely enormous, big as she was. And uh, that's why I suppose Dom Jolly sort of came along with his giant telephones and stuff like that. It's all been... It's, everything's miniaturised now, isn't it? Everything's miniaturised. Oh, I knew what I was going to tell you the other day. I completely forgot to tell you about these uh, candles that I'm melting at the moment. They, they're called Yankee Tarts. I believe, which could be anything from the United States of America. But it's a, it's a little bit of a... I'll, I'll explain what it is at the moment, but I've been paying over the odds for these things. I've suddenly found you can get them an awful lot cheaper. And uh, if we can save you money, we're in favour of saving money. Quarter past five. With the news headlines, it's Sam Pittis. Thank you, Steve. Harry Redknapp is the favourite to take over as England manager after... Alan. Morning. 17 minutes past five is uh, the time. Uh, Stuart reckons we should muzzle all dogs in public. I always worry. If ever I see a dog that is muzzled, I always think, it must be really, really dangerous, this one. Uh, Pat is a bus driver from Gatwick, who's got three uh, dachshunds, all microchipped. Too many irresponsible dog owners out there. Yes, I mean, see, I, I said the other day I'm not a fan of dachshunds. I don't know, I can't get into dachshunds. At all. I look at them, they just they look like an old-fashioned dog. 
You know, there are certain dogs you look at and you think, you don't see many of those around nowadays, and Dachshunds are one of them. It's like corgis. I was watching this programme on the Royal Family, and the Queen's got... She loves corgis. And I can't stand corgis. They just get a little bit fat and uh, not good. Rich says, you're talking about samey holidays. The group of uh, gay guys that go by the name of the Outdoor Lads went once, never again. They go to the same place with the same people and do the same things year in, year out. How dull and boring. Some people like that, though, don't they? Some people like the... They like the routine. We've spoken to people on the programme before, and I've had loads of emails from people who've been back to the same hotel for 15, 20 years because they know all the staff, they know the area, they know where to go to, and they go there for a bit of relaxation and rest because if, if you've been there once, then you know where everything is, don't you? And you start to learn whether or not it's a nice place to go to. I mean, I'm, I'm, a, bit, I'm, I'm a bit like that, I suppose, and I have been back to the same place a couple of times, but not, not very often, mainly because I like to see different places, Definitely. Uh, Steve, the news of the world can hack my phone any time. I mean, messages like, Kevin, it's 25 Acacia Avenue. Can you leave me an extra pint tomorrow, please? Now, that's a real scoop. And then I get my 50 grand. And they're all t- I mean, I'm amazed it's still going on. And still people, you know, who are, who are making an awful lot of money out of it. And I keep thinking, I hope I'm on a list somewhere. I really want to be on a list of people that they've hacked the phones of. Because my phone calls would be so dull. I mean, so dull. Steve, I have over half my body in tasteful tattoos. No, you can't have tasteful tattoos. There's no such thing as tasteful tattoos. And I have three dogs, two Yorkies and and, uh, and a Pom. I break all the stereotypes, but yes, chipping and licence, I agree. Do you remember, we used to have a dog licence. I remember years ago, I mean, unless I'm, unless I'm getting it wrong, I'm sure that there was a dog licence, and I think it was something like five shillings or something. Stu- but then nobody bothered having it. You know, something else to carry around. Uh, Plinio says, I've lived in Madrid for many years. All the dogs have to be microchipped and carry a dog's passport. I'm talking about 14 years ago. There you go. I think all animals should be microchipped, uh, Steve. And, uh, and MJ says, Alan Carr, so I'm calling somebody a vile old queen. Quite funny. Also, this phone hacking, you get to somebody's voicemail easy if they've not changed the default pin that came with the phone so theoretically it's not hacking change your voicemail pin the phone operators say it's your responsibility so really it's negligence well i'm I'm just seriously wishing somebody's going to hack my phone but they but they don't apparently which is a shame diana says have you noticed evans the outside shops have dropped the word outsize the dead giveaway in the shops a racks of clothes labeled size 36 is that is that i don't you know it doesn't mean anything to men Sizes, you know, if somebody says they're a size 10 or a size 8 or a size 20, it doesn't mean anything because all men go by is small, medium, large, extra large, and XXXX large. And that's all, that's all men do. We have no idea about women's sizes at all, I'm afraid, and care precious little. <laughs> uh, 84850, steve at Mary reckon she had a bath with me last night. That's because she got the 20-minute free podcast, which is available uh, a little bit later on today, just in case you thought, here we go again, just before the weekend. Uh, Steve, the reason people don't want to get the dogs chipped is because when they buy them for Christmas, they can't dump them months later when they get fed up with them. I know you keep saying to people, it's, you know, and, and you, it doesn't matter how many times you tell them, a dog is not just for Christmas, it's for years and years. And don't buy parrots. Parrots can live for serious amounts of time. Seriously, mind you, they don't do very much parrots, do they? Unless you can teach it to talk. It just sort of sits there cracking nuts. You know, if you're very lucky or eating sunflower seeds. That's about all they do. They don't do anything. I've noticed that the uh, the X Factor 
Second place, Marcus Collins, has managed to uh, rush release a single and an album. He was the infuriating one from Liverpool. He was another one, one of these very camp singers on the television. And uh, so here he is. He's got a, uh, a new single and a new album out, which is great. Presumably it's on the Psycho label. And it's, it's, he's beaten, he says, Little Minx, Mix uh, to it. And his, his single is called Seven Nation Army. Um, I, I don't predict many long-term things for this for this boy, I'm afraid. You know, camp singers, we don't really want any more. It's, it's very sweet, but there's not really a market for it. You know, what, what will he get? A few sort of butlins, a few things like that? I don't know. be very surprised. He's just a bit too cheesy uh, and a bit... Na- there's no edge. I mean, let's face it, Sher Lloyd has all but disappeared now. Unless these people are in the papers every day, we, we all forget them. And we, and we do forget them very, very quickly. So unless the, uh, the album sells, and he will be doing the rounds, he will be turning up, you know, probably even on LBC. I don't think he'll be on In Conversation, though, just yet. Well, as far as I know, he's not going to be. So we're talking about uh, chipping dogs. Sounds like an area of the country, doesn't it? Where do you live? I live chipping dogs. And uh, I'm finding out because the government is saying that they want to see all the dogs chipped. Out of the 8.3 million in the country, only about half at the moment are chipped. And it's a good idea. Although it was just pointed out a moment ago, some people don't chip them because they don't want people to know their name and address. And they don't want people to know when they've abandoned the dogs. Because otherwise they'll be fined and then we'll have all sorts of people. And generally, people who abandon dogs are not very pleasant people anyway. So you'll be dealing with somebody you've got to get into court... And uh, it then becomes all uh, all a little bit messy. And uh, and what is the British sense of humour? If somebody says to you, you're, you're, you're British, do you have a sense of humour? And you go, yes. They go, what is it? What is the British sense of humour? Is it, is it taking the mickey out of people? I mean, to, to be honest with you, I derive more pleasure out of other people's misfortunes than anything else at all. If I see somebody fall over on the pavement, the British mentality is to laugh and think, thank God it's not me. That's what we do. You know, it's, it's like if, if you're a bus driver, you know, here we are, I'm driving the bus, I'm stopped, there's somebody running, I can see them in the mirror, and no, I'm just pulling off. And so the person misses it, they stand at the bus and they go, oh dear. I mean, I never run for buses. It's just not worth it. I don't want to suffer the humiliation of the driver letting me just get to the doors, and then and you're banging on the doors, and they won't open it, they, they look the other way. And you go, can you open the door? They go, no. I saw somebody the other day, I was on a bus in... Richmond. This, actually, no, it wasn't the other day. I tell a lie. It was about three months ago. And it was one of these oiky blokes. Oi, mate. And he, and he wanted to get off just as it got to the top of the, uh, of the, of the hill. And the bus driver went, no, bus, bus stops round here. And this bloke was having none of it. He was a mouthy little so-and-so. And in the end, he pushed the button above the door to open it. He did it himself. And so the bus driver... What's the bus driver supposed to do? Can't do anything at all. And they must have to put up with this on a daily basis. Idiots who get on buses. It's like, you know, you see people get on a bus... And there's a bloke the other day, and he got on the bus and he put his card, uh, the, um, the little card he had, the Oyster card, over the machine. It went beep, 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 which meant he didn't have any money. And he, he said to the bus driver, it's, uh, the, the, the chip's wrong in it. And I thought, well, how many times you've used that one? And the bus driver said to him, well, you need to get that sorted. And he went, yes, all right, I'll get it sorted. And I thought, but you're travelling for free on the buses at the moment. It's like people walking through the, uh, the, uh, the tube stations. They don't swipe the card. Sometimes the gates are open and you walk straight through. I know this. I've seen it at Twickenham because we've got lots of, let's just call them students, shall we, for want of a better description for half this, this pond life that we end up with. And, and they, they, they never bother uh, actually swiping the card. And I think you're going to get done because at some point it's going to go, wait a minute, so you, you've got on the train and you've got off the train, but you haven't swiped it. Let's charge you a lot. Richard says a dog licence costs seven and six the same as a marriage licence. Do you think you could get your spouse chipped? 
Brilliant idea. Oh eight four five six oh six oh nine seven three. Uh Christo was talking about page three and saying it's really had its day. And to be honest with you, it is. It ha- it's it's a bit dated now, although he did speak to somebody who uh, who said that it brightened his day. He said, you know, to look at um, a young lady in this morning, it's naughty Nicole from Bournemouth. She's wild at heart, and uh, she's posing here. She's uh, urging her fans to remember to leave their nuts out during the cold snaps, which is marvellous, because then you can you can feed the uh, the birds and, uh, and squirrels and stuff like that. And uh, she loves gazing out of the window, watching the birds in the garden. Oh, isn't that lovely for Nicole? I feel so pleased for her. I love it when they all make comments on things. That they used to have in one of the papers. I can't remember which one. It might, might, might be The Sun. And this is Poppy. And she, Poppy says, When I heard that Fabio Capello had resigned as the England manager, I couldn't help thinking that it was the right thing to happen. Perhaps he... This is, this is Poppy. Page three, girl. I mean, Lord knows. What next, Poppy, dear? Perhaps he should never have gone against the FA. As, um... As Aristotle so wisely said... He who has never learnt to obey cannot be a good commander. This is Poppy, a page three girl. A page three girl with half a brain. It's unbelievable. We don't know where, where she comes from, but she's Poppy. And here she is posing by a net. I don't know whether it's a fishing net or um, or a tennis net, but uh, she's really intelligent. As Aristotle... I mean, who'd have believed it? As Aristotle said, page three girls quoting Aristotle. My God, bet her family are proud of her today. Unfortunately, they don't tell you where poor old Poppy is is from. Which is a shame. I'm assuming somewhere. But uh, she's a lovely looking girl. But apparently page three girls put a smile on your face. I think actually that's different from make you laugh. Because you go, you're still trawling and hawking that poor old tired body around all over the place. And as I've said before, it's very nice to be a glamour model. But I don't really, I don't really see the purpose of it. You know, if, if, if taking your clothes off gives people pleasure, I'm remaining fully dressed. Because it's, you know, why not go out there? Whenever you get page three girls turning up to the opening of things, they don't do what they're famous for, which is get their boobs out. They, they, they turn up fully dressed. You feel like they say, come on, do what you do. It's like a magician turning up and somebody say, do us a card trick. They go, I'm not doing any card tricks. They go, you're a magician. It's like if you're a page three gamma model, you know, stand there half topless or fully topless. In fact, fully naked. Doesn't make any difference in this day and age, does it? And they go, oh, what do you think I am? We know what you are. Just stand there naked. You know, that's what you're famous for. It's like, you know, if you see David Beckham and somebody gives him a football, he's going to dribble it for you, isn't he? Isn't he? I don't know. I'm assuming he is. I love this. Do I keep doing this on this? There must be something sticky on this paper. I've done that twice now. Perhaps it's an old boiled sweet I had on here or something. And I left it on there because it's the picture of Harry Redknapp besieged after the jury service, but the only microphone that is prominent is the LBC 97.31. It's all very dark. And yet the, the picture in the sun this morning, Lou will be very pleased with this one. You have a look at the picture of the sun on page uh, six. And it's got Harry Redknapp, all these very dull grey microphones and people standing around with it. And then the LBC microphone, very prominent. It's really cool. Really, really cool. I like that a lot, actually. like that a lot. Have you had trouble with, um, with dogs recently? This, uh, this poor woman here, Cassandra Smith, leapt in to fight off the family dog, as it was attacking the children, and it attacked and killed her. So the kids had to watch the Alsatian killing their mother. And uh, she only got this dog six months ago. And, uh, I mean, it's absolutely dreadful, isn't it, really? You've got to really check where you get these dogs from. They had it in a flat as well. Um, It's been taken away by officers. Presumably it'll be put down. But I don't think you should have a dog like an Alsatian in a flat. Not when you've got five children in there at the same time. It's just not... uh, 
It's not right, is it? Not at all right. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk, or 0845 6060973. Talking about chipping your dogs and, uh, and bracing yourself for the cold weather. Oh, and Ken Livingstone, who's come under fire after claiming the Tory party was riddled with gays. Imagine, a veritable fairyland, ladies and gentlemen. It's LBC 97.3, it's 5.30. Steve Allen. Morning, 27 minutes to six. Noreen says, hope you're well. That cough's hanging around. I think this must be week three. Must be week three. I sat in the car this morning coming in thinking, oh, yeah. I don't seem to cough when I'm asleep, although I don't know. I've never, never kind of woken myself up with it. But uh, it just will not go. Three, a friend of mine had it for four weeks, so I'm probably obviously due another week of it. You go for a little while and it's fine. And then all of a sudden you think, oh dear. And I've got two in conversations to record today. Yesterday we had a coughing fit during Nic- Nicholas Owen, poor soul. And uh, that'll be cut out. You'll not be hearing that one. And uh, Nori says, we're all very concerned. And can you send Junior love, please? We're missing him because he's in hospital at the moment. Certainly will do. Don't, no doubt he'll be back in the fold very, very shortly. Uh, Bridget went off to see all the fun of the fair with David Essex. And that was at Milton Keynes. They enjoyed the show very much in the journey to and from the theatre, listening to yesterday's podcast of the show. You certainly brightened up the hour's journey each way. And David was delighted, that's, uh, that's Bridget's other half, when he discovered that the producer and writer of All the Fun of the Fair was born on Billy Smart Circus. There you go. It's lovely, isn't it? Like, actually, I must be due another, another King Pole magazine. I'm not, I don't seem to have had one for ages and ages. I did subscribe. I do remember, I do remember putting the money in, in the envelope. Uh, the other thing which they're talking about in the paper today is, is women who drive lorries for a living. Because at one time, you know, if you used to see a woman driving a bus, you would think it was fairly unusual. Now you don't think that's unusual, do you? If, you, you know, if, if, if the bus pulls in and there's a woman sitting it, you don't go, oh, a woman. You know, you, you never ever think about things like that. So they've got lots of women here who drive uh, big trucks... And uh, I, I can't tell you what what this driving force is called because I've been taken off the air. But it's 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 a, it's a funny play on words. But here they all are, and they're very glamorous as well. Emma, Vicky Marie, Ella, Jess, and Lucy. And I don't see why women shouldn't drive trucks. It's just that up until now, it's been a male domain. It's been the kind of thing, that, and yet women can do everything that men can do, and probably with less fuss about it. But you can imagine, can't you? I remember seeing what was that film, Carry On, Cabby one of the first carry-on films, and it had glam cabs. And it was set up by Hattie Jakes. And the men were saying, listen, this is a male domain driving a cab, or women driving cabs. Because if you get women driving cabs now, you, you do tend to look. I mean, you don't tend to find many women driving minicabs. You get loads of blokes doing it, especially the illegal ones, well, all blokes driving the illegal ones. I've never seen a woman driving. I've never seen a woman driving a minicab. I've never, only once, only once been picked up by a woman in the morning. Make those jokes, you know, as long as you like. But it's only the once, I seem to remember. And the, and it, it, the, the car did stink of straw and everything. It was the dirtiest car I've ever read in my life. And, um, and that's the only time. You just don't see many women who want to be minicab drivers. Unless they, they're doing it during the daytime. I've seen women black cab drivers. And I've seen women driving buses. You don't see many women driving coaches. And you don't see that many women driving lorries. If you go out there and you see an Eddie Stobart lorry passing you, or some, one of the ones delivering to the theatre, it's nine out of ten times driven by a bloke. Funny that, isn't it? That's strange. And yet, you know, on the buses, had women driving buses. Well, in fact, they, they were all the clippies, weren't they? So are there certain jobs, do you think, that we're, we're a bit surprised when we see a woman doing it? I did a programme on living uh, television years and years ago. 
up at Teddington, looking at jobs that women did and men did that were traditionally what we thought were, were stereotypes. So if it was a secretary, it was a woman. If it was a nanny, it was a woman. If it was an airline pilot, it was a man. But we found people who did those jobs who were the opposite sex. So we found a secretary who was a man, a PA who was a man. We found a nanny who was a man. And uh, we found an airline pilot who was a woman. And we've actually seen women, I think, on the EasyJet programme. And uh, men have got on and and they've said, it's a a female pilot today. And they've gone, oh, God, really? Men, Men get quite panicky. Certain men get very panicky over the fact that you know, it's it's going to be a woman doing it, and we'll probably never get there properly, will we? And then they're always surprised when they meet them the other end. They go, oh, you, you, you did quite well. <laughs> uh, and Paul says, I don't know if uh, she's told you, but our friend, Sheila from Cockfosters, is now the proud owner of a beautiful parrot called Dolly. A very beautiful bird and computer savvy. She's got her own fan club. And uh, Percy Jackie's duck has now got his own Facebook page with over 40 members. 40 members. Hardly worth bothering, is it, really, with only 40 members. And, um, and one here from Annie says, So there is an advantage to the cats waking me up this early in the morning. I get a reminder to boot up the network to listen to you. Because uh, since I left London and moved to Cornwall, it's lovely to hear you again. So now I do have the best of both worlds. This is no excuse for not listening to LBC or downloading... The, uh, the free podcast. You get the free free podcast and then you get the normal one. So you get two every day now. <clears throat> Small wonder I've got no voice. And uh, Patsy says, my dog, Labrador, and the cats are all chipped, kept healthy, flea-free, and registered with a local vet. And that's the case with all responsible owners. Ask the vets. The underclass and the crooks avoid vets, abandon the animals when they need treatment, and will not respond to government rules and regulations. Any new rules will just make life difficult for good owners, and the bad owners will continue as is. However, the taxpayer will be poorer yet again. Well, we've seen it. I've seen the RSPCA programmes on the television, where they go round and they have to plead with owners, listen, I'm taking your dogs away, because you're killing them. You're ki- look at the mess they're living in. Cat owners are the worst. Cat owners are the worst ones. For, you know, you've had people... That, there's one woman, she had 50 cats... 50 cats in a house, and they were everywhere. They were on the side, they were on... Oh, it was just awful. And the, the woman hadn't even bothered cleaning up after them. They, they sort of foraged for their own food. Oh, it was awful. Dreadful. Uh, <clears throat> Mark says, phone hacking payments seem to be the biggest payout since payment protection. I wonder if these celebrities will hand their payments to charity. Some are probably skint and it will help them. Yes, I mean, I shouldn't imagine Paul Gascoigne's got a stack of money sitting in the bank, has he? Doesn't seem to have worked for ages and ages. But, uh, no, I mean, as, as uh, Steve Coogan said, it's not the money, it's the principle. But it, I always think, if you didn't know about something, what difference does it make? Does it make any difference to you whether, you were, whether your phone was hacked? Unless, of course, you've been discussing all sorts of things. I heard a, a story yesterday. I can't tell you where it came from. I, 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 I might save it for a few weeks and then bring it up. It's a story about a celebrity uh, who actually managed to get quite a bit of money out of, out of the BBC. A, a, quite a bit of your money out of the BBC. It's, it's a really good story, but I'm going to save it for a little bit. So just, just remind me in a few weeks' time. Remember that story we were going to tell us about? The celebrity who got... Uh, well, I'm... I'm Yes, how can I... Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely do it in a few weeks' time. I have, I have to make you wait a few weeks for it, because it's such a good story, but it's very apropos to this precise moment. OK, so I'm, I'm going to save it. I'm going to save it. Um, there's a girl of uh, 13 in the papers today, facing a hate campaign and Facebook bullying. Uh, she reported she'd been raped... Uh, her family were targeted by online bullies in the market town after she reported it to the police. 
Uh, although her parents soon arrived to rescue from uh, her from her immediate ordeal, they went through months and months of abuse and violence on Facebook set up to proclaim the attacker's innocence. Presumably by the family or something like that. Some of the abuse came from former friends of the girl who accused her of being a lying little so-and-so. I mean, this is the trouble with Facebook. It does really encourage bullying. Some of the thing that uh, some of the things they said here, um, you better watch your back, you're sick, and all this kind of stuff, because she reported a rape, an attempted rape. And generally, the parents of, uh, of rapists, uh, they go, no, certainly not our son, certainly not our father, certainly not our uncle, but uh, unfortunately, their home in Clitheroe was put on vulnerability watch by the fire brigade, because they thought something dreadful was going to happen. Uh, but the, the rapist, 16, was found guilty because he was a rapist, and he's been sent to prison for 31 months. I mean, absolutely disgusting. You can imagine what sort of pond life it is, can't you? And the family as well, who would write abuse to this girl, say, you know, you're going to die, you're going to live here. I mean, the girl is terrified to go out now. Absolutely terrified to go out. The family have had to sort of, you know, look at security. I mean, she was being pestered by adults and everybody else, just because she reported a rape. You know, because of some vile child, some vile 15-year-old who tried it on with her, and she went, no, and put it up on Facebook and went, went to the police and complained about it, and his, uh, his family then come down on like a ton of bricks. What disgusting people they must be, ladies and gentlemen. What, what absolute pond life. Morning, Pat. Good morning to you, Steve. Morning. <coughs> uh, I was going to talk about chipping, but may I just mention about dogs that are muzzled? Yes. It doesn't necessarily mean they're dangerous. We've got a friend with a very large Akita, and he is muzzled simply because the other dog owners are frightened of him. And is this one of those put... Japanese fighting dogs? No, he's not fighting. It's an English Akita. Oh, right. He's very gentle, He's very, but he's very large. And people would just say, don't, get, don't let that dog get near me, and they tend to scream, pick up their dog. He gets terribly excited, mm. but he wouldn't actually hurt you but he is very large. So that's to do with muzzles. Right. Yeah. Um, now, the other thing about, uh, you know, I fundraise for Labrador Rescue. Mm. When you get a Labrador, and I've got another one now, uh, about three months ago, they're automatically uh, chipped, microchipped, and then that number is, get that uh, uh, record is given to you. And in this area, we've got a wonderful uh, dog warden called Sue Knight, and if a dog is handed in because it's just been lost, it doesn't have any collar on mm. uh, to say with a name and address, with not a telephone number on it, um, and it's not microchipped, she has the person that owns the dog, uh, if they approach her, uh, has to pay £60 to get it out of the kennels. Right. And also she insists that it's microchipped. But she will actually come to your house and microchip for a dog for you. Right. And how much does that cost? Well, she does it, I think, for £15 or something. Right. But well, I think you'll find... I would have thought RSPCA and Battersea Dogs mm. Home, I would have thought they microchipped their dogs before they were let out. Yes, I, I would think so. I mean, I mean, to me, it just makes perfect sense. I can't imagine why somebody wouldn't want their dog microchipped. Well, they, A, they don't like the idea of it sometimes, mm. or they just can't be bothered. But I can tell you what, if you lose your dog and um, somebody finds it, and the only thing is, of course, you've got to have a special machine mm. to, to read if there's a, a microchip in it, 
but the police and all vets and the local dog warden or and local animal warden all have these machines. So if you find a dog, you can take it to a local vet and just say, oh, uh, does, is this dog microchipped? And then they, if it is, of course, they can locate the owner. Right. I mean, you would think if, if, if you'd lost a dog, you'd want it back. Well, yes, unless you've just tipped it out of a car somewhere. Yes, yes, we've had I that mean, before. it's terribly sad, the things people do. Mm. And they're, I mean, and talking about staffies, I've got a, a friend in the village here who um, they've just taken on, uh, a, well, about a year ago, a, a lovely brown staffie. Mm. And the owners were fed up with it. Now, wait for it. It didn't match the kitchen. No. I know. Oh dear. <laughs> anyway, but it's lovely. It's, it's, it's fitted into the family, no problem at all. Yeah. And don't forget that any dog can be dangerous. Yes, and, absolutely. I mean, they've had Labradors attack, uh, attack people. Yes. But, but well, I mean, I mean, any dog. I mean, sometimes, you know, even little dogs can attack people. Oh, I've... well, I had a little Jack Russell, and uh, he, he went for my face. And he had to be put down the next day. Oh, dear. And I've, all, I've always had dogs. I've never had a problem. Yeah. And I, because my friends had Jack Russell, I thought, oh, this loved. And the th- awful thing was, he was lovely to everybody else, oh. but very, very aggressive to me. Isn't that... I mean, and, I always think that's... Pat, I've got to leave you there, because I'm, I'm, I'm overrunning, sadly, on my time. I was waiting for a natural break. But thank you, anyway, for that. So, oh, how awful. Terrible things. So even little dogs can be aggressive. 14 to 6. <laughs> With the news headline, Sam Pittis. Thanks, Steve. The Football Association's looking for a New England manager. <laughs> Morning, 11 minutes to 6. Dee said, I had my dog chipped. Marvellous. Bit of salt and vinegar. They taste just like the real thing. Why are hot dogs called hot dogs? I could never work that one out. You know, it's a hot dog. Since Are they called dogs in America? I don't... I couldn't quite work out why a sausage in a bun with some onions and ketchup, which sounds delicious, it has to be said. I could, I could eat... I do like hot dogs. I do like hot dogs. In, in Vienna, they do them better than anybody else because they do them in a baguette. And they've got... I'm making my mouth water. They've got a hot spike and they put the baguette over it and then they drop the sausage in the middle. Oh, it's delicious. They do it with this mustard, which is like a sweet mustard, called senf. And it's... Oh, dear. It's worth flying over there now, actually. Uh, Barry says, I had to chip my dog Tinkle. Tinkle. <laughs> you can't call a dog Tinkle, can you? After he got lost a few years ago, best thing I ever did... Okay, and uh, have you been buying Yankee candles from QVC? They do loads of those tarts. Well, I was I, these tarts are little round bits of of, of uh, smelly wax. Some of the some of the scents are really nice. You buy a little burner and you put it at the top, a nightlight in the middle. And I was buying them from the garden centres because that's the first place I saw them. And I think I bought a load in Squires and uh, I bought a load in another garden centre, and they were two pound ten each. And then I thought, they're ever so expensive. So I go on to Amazon. I've just had a box of uh, 25 of them delivered for 30 quid, which is, which is much cheaper. And I bought some other ones, which were very cheap as well. So uh, that's it. I don't want the whole Yankee candle. I just want these little smelly things, which I've, I've quite got into at the moment, which are very, very good. Uh, <coughs> have you ever done an in-conversation with Toya, says Nev? Yes. Years and years ago. Years and years ago. It won't be on the website now, because unless you download the In Conversations, they, because of the, uh, the space on the computer which they need, they fall off the end. So this weekend, when we have Daniel Radcliffe and Jackie Mason, and you have to listen, 
Very good. Jackie Mason, excellent. In town for a short while, same as ever. And he's very good. A lot of people say, too Jewish. You can never be too Jewish as far as I'm concerned. And so him and Daniel Radcliffe on the same programme, brilliant. Steve, women couldn't physically drive trucks until, say, the last 25 years, because nothing was power-assisted. No power steering, no assisted clutch, no uh, synchromesh gearbox and harsh in-cab conditions required the driver to be physically strong and a bit of a hard person, too. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. And, in fact, if, you know, if, if I didn't have power steering in my car, I couldn't turn the wheel. I've had that before, and I remember having a, a car years and years ago which had power steering, and then it went... And absolutely, I mean, you needed the strength of, of Samson to be able to turn the wheel. Very difficult. Uh, Mike in Southend says the driver needed to be harder, too, to stand sleeping in the cab on nights, like we're having now without any heater or even a bed. Everything in the truck's now light and comfortable. You can drive them with one finger. Conditions are excellent. Hats off to the girls if they want to do it. But miniskirts and high heels should be compulsory for them. Steel toe cap for safety, of course. I know. Some of the drivers, I think, some of the male drivers, mini skirts and high heels should be very apropos but they do they have this this feature of the paper today on looking at women truck drivers which is uh it's just not something you know you would you do look twice if you see a big truck and i mean some of these big trucks being driven by a woman you do look you do look and yet a bus i don't even think anything about it you get on the bus and there's a woman there doesn't make any any sort of difference at all. Uh, black cab driver, not too many women out there, but there's quite a few, husbands and wives, who, who take turns to take the, uh, the old thing out. Take <laughs> the old thing out. Taking your grandmother out, isn't it, for the day. And um, what else? Tube driver, a woman, wouldn't make any difference. I don't think that'd make any difference. To you. And you get served food in, in restaurants by women and by men. And yet, uh, airline pilots, still people go, oh, a woman airline pilot, good Lord. Uh, Steve, there should be some sort of rent-a-dog scheme... I'd love a little Yorkshire Terrier, but no way could I do all the walkies every day for 15 years, which is the problem. Yes, but sort of rent a dog by the hour. Can I just have a nice, friendly dog to come in and sort of sit with me? I like that idea. Connie says, woken up again from this dreadful cough, wheezing and asthma, not a good combination. Plus, you get a thumping headache at the same time. Well, as you know, I cannot shake my cough at all. I mean, I've survived the programme this morning, but I do have a little uh, button here which goes... Which means I can have a little cough, you see, and I say, I can cut myself off halfway through, but I'm surviving. On, I know, frightened you then, didn't I? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, with with a, a glass of water and some tea. <coughs> but I think tomorrow I might bring in hot lemon. I might bring in some... I'll go and buy some lemons from Paul Cooper today and, and have, have a go with hot lemon, which which could could be quite quite a good idea. So, hot dogs. Claims about hot dog invention are difficult to assess as the stories assert the creation of the sausage. Brace yourself, girls. The placing of the sausage on bread or bun as finger food. Uh, the word Frankfurter comes from Frankfurt in Germany, where pork sausages served in a bun similar to hot dogs originated. So, the name hot dog, we, d- we don't really know. Uh, yeah, what am I looking for? Second page. Enter- oh, right, enter. The term dog has been used as a synonym for sausage since 1884, and accusations that sausage makers use dog meat... Oh, right. Ah, oh, hence hot dog. In the early 20th century, consumption of dog meat in Germany was common, and so the suspicion that the sausages contained dog meat was occasionally justified. Actually, they do say now that the worst food you can ever buy in, in Germany and Austria is, is the bratwurst, because they put everything into it. You know, I don't think they put dog in, but in certain places around the world, as you know, they do eat dog. So that's why it's dog. According to a myth, the use of the complete phrase hot dog 
was coined by a newspaper cartoonist in around 1900. So now, you know, so hot dog, because they thought originally it did contain dog. You wouldn't know, would you? Well, you do know I've told you. Now I've mentioned it, you'll be going, I don't know about this food. I'm sure that if, if somebody said to you, listen, that's... I, I watched this magician's programme the other day on the television, and at one point they had a little frog, which van- he said, which hand is it in? And the frog vanished, which I thought was quite clever, and then it reappeared in his mouth. And he opened his mouth, and there was this little tiny frog in there, it was live. Oh, dear. I thought that was a bit of a swizz, that programme, but there you go. How on earth you sort of... You get from sort of vanishing a frog in your hand to it being in your mouth. I thought it was a little bit, little bit far-fetched, but there you go. Uh, Dee says, when our Shih Tzu did a runner from Greenwich Park, we thought the worst, but the park warden said she was at the police station. We hurried down there. The very laconic PC at the desk said, Madam's lounging in the back. We asked who brought her in, uh, wanting to at least thank them. She was found outside the station, said uh, even more laconic PC. Took four of us to catch her. We gave a hefty amount to the police charity, but we never got over the fact that she was lost, so we went to the police station. That's what you must do. If ever you lose a dog, go to the police station. Do report it. Do report it. And if you find a dog, take it to the police station, because somebody will be very, very grateful at the end of the day that they've been reunited with their favourite pooch. 0845 6060 973, steve at lbc.co.uk, or 84850. One here is listening to... um, in Malaga, which is quite uh, quite nice. We had a dog named Bamba, says John. <coughs> Excuse me, and his wife, Marie. I do beg your pardon. Uh, and in the cold weather, she would click the fire on when we went to bed to stop her out to pull the plug out. I like dogs who are trained to put the fire on. Perhaps you could train her to do it at a certain time in the morning, so when you get up, the room is warm. That's always nice, isn't it? I mean, I've always made sure that the... In fact, the last night, the heating was on, so the towels this morning when I got out of the, got out of the shower were really warm and toasty. You don't really want to go anywhere. You just want to wrap yourself in a towel, sit down and have a hot dog or some mashed potato with, with, with butter and, and cheese over it. And, sorry, I've had a bit of a breakdown this morning. It's all this talk about food. I don't know what... I, I make myself ill thinking about food. I brought in a lemon drizzle cake that I'd made the other day for the, uh, the team in the office because I'm, I'm a bit of a, bit of a cordon bleu. And, uh, well, I say it was homemade. It was homemade by somebody, but it certainly wasn't me. And I brought it... And I thought, I'll come in this morning, there'd be a little bit left. No, all gone. The entire cake had gone. Couldn't believe it. Ridiculous. They want another one. Sadly, there's no more cake today. I might have to do a trip over the weekend to sort of start stocking up on on cake. They do a nice fruit cake down at Costco as well. And they do lovely giant cupcakes. I mean, really big cupcakes. I mean, more than a mouthful for even even little old Sam Pitters, who the moment sees food on the desk, he's there. I don't know where he puts it. It's amazing. Uh, 84850, steve at More of your texts and emails coming up now. Very quickly, one here uh, that says, um, you're right, there is no reason not to listen to LBC. Uh, I'm an expat in South Africa and always listen to the show via the internet. I don't care where you're listening. I just wish that every sing- you could see every single person at the moment who's listening around the world and, and picture... Well, may- maybe not pictures of you, actually. Perhaps, perhaps best not to do the picture routine. We did that before, actually. It almost frightened ourselves. Uh, and Paul in Manchester, uh, you were right about hot dogs. They were called that as the story went around that dog meat was used as the main ingredient in Germany. Hence that. And the hot bit came in from a cartoonist in a paper in, in America. He says, I would tend to think it's an urban myth... I don't think it is. 
I think it might be true. I think it might be true. Bit like fish fingers, isn't it, now? You know, what do they actually put in fish fingers? Answer, everything. All gets mashed up. Bone, the whole bits and pieces. And I remember, I think, uh, McDonald's used to do this. They do the fillet of fish. And people found little carcasses, not carcasses, but the shell of little worms. Apparently it's quite normal. You find that in fish all the time. Kind of puts people off, though, doesn't it? I used to love a fillet of fish. I wish I could eat a hot dog now and some mashed potato, some chicken tikka masala, some some grated cheddar cheese with some baked beans, which would be quite nice, but just a hot dog with, with, with onions and some tomato ketchup. <laughs> I'm going to make myself ill. I'm going to take a short break for the news with Sam Pittis. We're back the uh, the other side of that with more of your texts and emails and phone calls on LBC 97.3. And the mayor was not there at all. The Whitehall spending watchdog is warning the armed forces risk losing vital skills because of the speed of the government's defence cuts. The National Audit Office says the Ministry of Defence is being forced to push through reductions to military and civilian personnel. It says the cuts are coming before it's drawn up detailed plans on how to operate in the future. A man's due in court charged with murdering a 26-year-old in Tooting. Anthony Thompson was attacked in Homebury Court on Sunday, suffering head injuries. 31-year-old Thomas Evans from Morden will appear before Camberwell magistrates this morning. It's claimed London 2012 organisers still don't have an energy-saving strategy. That's despite it being a key part of efforts to stage one of the greenest games so far. The Commission for a Sustainable London 2012 says a target to get 20% of energy from renewable sources has been missed. Prince Harry has qualified as, as an Apache helicopter pilot and been given an award for his shooting skills. Harry was presented with the Best Co-Pilot Gunner Award during a dinner held last night to mark the end of 18 months of training. The Prince, a captain with the Army Air Corps, is understood to be keen to return to Afghanistan. In the city, the FTSE will open after closing down 14 points at 58.75. London's weather, the sun rising at 7.27. A cloudy day, mostly dry until this afternoon when a few light snow flurries are possible. Light winds, it will still feel cold. One Celsius is the maximum temperature like yesterday. And we've already reached one Celsius at Piccadilly Circus. This is LBC 97.3. It's now three minutes past six. Is your car insurance due? Morning, five past six, and so um, the BBC Director General, Mark Thompson, has admitted he's got it wrong. He said, we need older women on television. Of course you do. Of course you do. Nobody wants bimbos reading the news. Nobody's really interested, unless it's... I mean, to, to be honest with you, did it ever make any difference what somebody looks like when they're reading the news? You know, why should there be this pressure on people? I remember bumping into one particular newsreader, in fact, actually a couple of newsreaders uh, over the years, who were terribly snooty. I mean, really terribly snooty. But um, they, it, there was so much pressure on them having to look good on the television. And I kept thinking, but it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter. We just want to have the news. It doesn't make any difference to you, you know, now, whether I'm stark naked or sitting here in a boiler suit. Admittedly, I'm not in a boiler suit or stark naked, so you can take those thoughts out of your mind straight away. But it doesn't make any difference, does it? Let's have some people with some gravitas, some people with some experience on the television. Not people who stand there. I mean, it used to be the inroad to television programmes was, let's be a weather girl. So they would stand there with no experience. They'd just sort of point at, at the blue screen and go, and up here it's going to be snow coming in from the west and doing this and that. And you go, that's fine. And then, then they go, of course, I'm not really a weather girl. I really want to be something else. We never really, only on the BBC did you get weather men. You tend not to get them on the ITV. They use a few of them, but there's, there's just not very many. I don't know why. 
wonder why that is. The good news is, says Barbara, it's only six weeks on Sunday until British summertime begins. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Maria. Hello. Morning. British summertime soon. Pardon? British summertime soon. Oh, yeah. My God, I just can't wait. It's only eight weeks to go. A six, I thought. Six. Is it? Oh, maybe it is. Six on Sunday. I mean, you, 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 oh. you can wait eight weeks. I don't mind. Oh, no, no. Six weeks. <laughs> you're right. You're right. <laughs> well, I am a minicab driver. Good grief, woman. I know. You can't be. <laughs> oh, listen, I used to yeah. pick up people, just go to my cab firm, because I am licensed by the PCO, and um, our cab firm is obviously, but now it's got to the stage where I only take children and adults to their workplaces, but you still have to be PCO'd and you're still a minicab driver. So if I wanted to cut all that out, I could still go back to picking up people. And I could tell you loads and loads of funny stories. So, I mean, I mean, did people used to raise an eyebrow when you turned up? They did. They did. Uh, yes, they did. But only because I drive a Micra. Oh, right. Nissan Micra. Right. And it's black. Right. But it was. I've changed it now. And they say, are you really a minicab driver? You go, yeah. Car. <laughs> but it does. It's a five-seater. Four doors. Good Lord. So when it's a five-seater, four doors, you can do it. I like driving. I love driving. So do I like driving. I don't like driving on motorways no. now, though. It is like a bit of hell on earth, because when you're a little car like mine, yeah. the big lorries come along and squash you out the out of the way. Yes. It's, all, it's, it's also uh, quite quite dangerous driving on motorways. Apart from it that, is. just it being is. there anyway frightens me. And I don't like, I've discovered, night driving. I'm not very good at night oh, driving. Oh, neither am I. Neither am I. I don't like driving at night either. So, uh, in the winter, I tend to finish work at 3.30. Yeah. And in the, uh, in the summer, I probably go on until about 8 o'clock. Yeah, which is just about right, isn't it? Yeah. I could happily drive for a living. I'd, I'd be more than happy to pick well, people I up like and drive them around. Deep, but yeah. it's now it's worse. I mean, I've been driving for years and years and years. Now it's not the same. Not the same. These sort of people just are arrogant. They yes. cross the road, and because you've stopped for them, they think you should have stopped. Even I stop for everybody mm. just for that. Let them cross the road, and they just look at you oh, and I think. Know. Well, well, it's your duty to stop for him. Well, of course, it isn't only on zebra crossings, but yes. everywhere. Oh, I mean, I, we, we, we came through London this morning, and opposite the... On, <clears throat> next door to the Ritz, there is a nightclub. Yes. And it's very noisy, and people just wander about in the road. And, I know. and you feel like, sort of, you know, people, once people start crossing the road on a red man, as opposed to a green... You start thinking, you're obviously very stupid. I know. But, and you know what? You, you don't say anything. Now, I've learnt... Not to shout. No. Not to say anything. Just go along with the flow. Yes. Because I used to when I was all het up and everything, but that makes you bad driving yes. yourself. Oh, I've shouted. Oh, have I shouted? Why? Oh. So have I, Stevie. Before the olden days, I was dreadful. Yeah. But now I'm not. Oh, I used to wind down the window. Me? Oh, I, me? Oh, I tell you, coming I'm from be... a woman is even worse. I know, I know. I know. I mean, I'm, anyway, I'm terrible at things I, like that's that. Anyway, what I do. I love listening to you. You make me laugh every morning. I think you're great. Bless your heart. We love you too, Maria. Thank you very much indeed for that. So there you go, Maria, formerly Brian, and <laughs> only joking. And uh, so she drives. But it is getting worse in London, isn't it? The one thing I hate, 
The one thing I hate driving... If I'm driving in London, I don't drive in London that often. If I'm coming to town, I'm going to Joe's for, for dinner or something like that. But I, I'll sort of drive it. And I've got the person in front of me who's either the illegal minicab driver looking to pick people up, in which case they're crawling along very slowly, or somebody doesn't know where they're going. And they're looking for the roads. Then they indicate left, and so you're just about to go... And then they pull back out again. And then I hoot, and then I do shout, and I do, I do use rude words. I, do, I, I have been known... I have been known to to use a few obscenities, I'm afraid. It's not particularly good, is it? In fact, I remember actually Alan Dodgen getting in the car with me and I, I let rip at some motorist. He nearly got out of the car. He said, I'm, I was so horrified, he said. To you. So John Warrington will tell you. I'm terrible at behind the wheel. I mean, I'm very short-tempered. Very short-tempered. Probably served me quite well in my time, I should think. Gets the blood racing around the body. Uh, Bridget says, you said that lost dogs should be taken to the police. I'm afraid the police don't take lost dogs in anymore. They need to be given to the council dog wardens. And I agree that microchips are a good idea. It'll be another unenforceable law. The unscrupulous puppy farmers won't be chipping their dogs, I'm sure. Only responsible people who chip their dogs anyway will do so with the new laws. You're right. You always get those people... Why is it in this country... Why is it? You know, anywhere else you bring in a law, people adhere to it. Over here, you get people who deliberately don't want to adhere to anything. If you say, you know, there is no smoking in here or whatever, there'll be somebody who will, who will be smoking there. There'll be, pe- people just want to break the law. I don't know. I mean, I, it's, I don't know what it is about people just being antagonistic. No, you're not getting on the, uh, the bus. Yes, I am. Your machine's broken. I'm getting on there. Uh, at the building site nearby, there's a woman crane driver... Wow. And, uh, and Dee says, now you've done it. I now really fancy a hot dog. The problem is, I've got some in the fridge, and I can't eat hot dogs at this time of the day. Now, can I? Oh, you so can. Oh, you can eat hot dogs at any time of the day. You can, a hot dog you can eat. In fact, now, I tell you what's really... If, if, when I used to go home sometimes in the early hours of the morning, I used to... Because I couldn't be bothered to actually make mashed potato, so I used to buy instant mashed potato. But it was particularly good one from Costco, and it was... It, it tasted like proper potato. Not, you know, sort of reconstituted. I know it was reconstituted, but it was really, really good. Add a bit of butter to it <coughs> and um, and have that with, with a couple of uh, Herta hot dog sauce. Oh, delicious. Absolutely, because you can do those really quickly in some hot water. So while, while you're making the mashed potato, stick them in the hot water. Oh, d- delicious. And then if, you, if you're feeling really naughty, I'm making my mouth water, squirt some real mayonnaise on the side of the plate and dunk the hot dog. And that's delicious. Or failing that, some real mayonnaise and some ketchup. I mean, it's it's fantastic. It's abs- it's, it's just wonderful. Anthony says, Maria, formerly Brian, laugh out loud. He said, I've just fallen over the bed. Nice one, Steve. I hope your cough clears up soon. Thank you, Anthony. Yes, I hope it clears up soon, because I'm now beginning to get quite angry with it. I'm getting quite angry because I get halfway through an interview for In Conversation and I've staved it off as long, long as possible. And then all of a sudden, out comes the blooming cough and it's terrible malcolm says lots of women steve drove trucks in world war ii there was no power steering etc in those days was there not was there not hot lemon and honey steve says anne in richmond i saw the fabulous time daily in masterclass she'd be a great for your in conversation she's been done she was on a couple of weeks ago we've already done time daily already done you better you better download it very quickly very very quickly indeed before it disappears off the end uh, <coughs> uh, Lynn says, I've seen a few women truck drivers, but what had me do a double take was a petite young lady driving a skip truck, loading and unloading it. <laughs> Lots of people giving me advice on what to do for my, uh, my hot dog. Steve, I've read that it's a hot dog because the sausage resembles, uh, a Dachshund dog. 
Oh, right. Well, it's, no, we, we've heard because they, the rumour was that they did contain, in the 1800s, real dog. You know, real dog. Just, just to make you feel a bit queasy this morning. Imagine trying to get a shih tzu in a, in a, in a piece of bread. It's ridiculous. LBC 97. Allen. Morning, 18 minutes past... I can't believe it's 18 minutes past six. Cold today. One or two uh, snow flurries around a little bit later on, but apparently not too much to worry about. So they say. Margie, I never believe... You watch, it'll come down. Be deluged with the stuff. So I'm supposed to be going out uh, tomorrow for dinner. Which, I don't know, I'll tell you that. It's only because the person who I'm going to see lives on a hill. And it's really quite... So I, I don't want the snow to come down tomorrow. Otherwise, Rose family, I'm staying in with a hot dog. Uh, Nick Ferrari this morning. Uh, they'll be talking to uh, Mr Capello's biographer. Talking about his uh, his decision to resign. He thinks it's going to damage our chances at the Euros. Ken Livingstone will be speaking about those comments. And Nick will try to set up a bank account for his cat. I wonder if it's going to be possible, actually. It's quite an interesting one, isn't it? Uh, Phil Dampier will be looking at the papers this morning, the royal author and, uh, and journalist. And uh, they'll be explaining tax havens and offshore accounts to you, just in case you were thinking, any of you, if you're in that fortunate position, of being able to set up an, an offshore tax account. How lovely. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. And uh, another one here. Yes, we definitely can't wait for British summertime. We've seen the snow, thank you very much indeed now, Nigel. We don't want to see it anymore. Because it's made the car very dirty, and I'm going to have to spend £10 to get the blooming thing washed. So, looking forward to British summertime, and then hopefully get rid of the uh, the cough and, and all the rest of it. During the uh, the war, says David in Streatham, my uh, grandmother, four foot ten, drove ambulances uh, during the Blitz and had to have special wooden blocks on the pedals so her feet would reap. That was quite normal, actually. I've seen that on quite a few <coughs> excuse me cars before. No longer with us. But I always remember her saying she always popped on some lippy before going out on a raid with the ambulance. <laughs> I think a raid with the ambulance doesn't quite sound right, does it? A raid with the ambulance. But yes, loads of women were driving ambulances. In fact, without women in the war, we wouldn't have survived. But we did. We did. Uh, Naj says, you make me laugh on the programme. Thank you. Make myself laugh as well. And uh, somebody from Charlton says, have you thought any more about getting a bike? Yes, well, I have, sort of. But it's not the weather at the moment, is it? If we're going to get more ice and snow, then I'm, I'm not... Um, I'm not over-keen on the idea. How about a unicycle? Yes. Lo- lovely. Brilliant idea. A unicycle. And you could juggle on the way into work. If only I could juggle. Oh, I did... Who did I speak to the other day? Oh, I spoke to somebody who's at the, um... On my Magic Circle show. And and, and I said, I, I, I can't juggle. And they said, listen, I could teach you to juggle. I could teach anybody to juggle. And I thought, lovely. Uh, uh, Anne says, I was away up the Nile... All sorted by the wonderful John. Do try and see Masterclass. And uh, Pete in Liverpool is sitting in the kitchen in his boiler suit, drinking gallons of black coffee and smoking fags. God, that's not good for you, is it? Uh, about to deliver to Poppy's Diner in Cable Street, says Kev. And I'm going to get a couple of hot dogs. You've now made me hungry. Funny, isn't it? I've only got to talk about hot dogs and you all fall apart in the morning. Uh, racehorses are chipped and passported. Um, <coughs> excuse me, as are, um, as are greyhounds. So um, we, we all think we've all said this morning we think it's it's very good. Uh, all the all the jokes have started. Fabio Capello resigns as England manager, an Italian abandoning a sinking ship. Who'd have thought of it? Thank you. That'll be the first of many which will be emerging, no doubt, over the next twenty four hours. Um, Ed says we have a blonde Essex bird who drives a massive petrol tanker. She delivers our fuel. Because people think it's quite unusual, don't they? If you see sort of little little blonde people or petite people driving big... But these lorries, they practically drive themselves. 
They're practically... You, you can drive, as somebody said, with one finger. I could turn the wheel on my car with one finger. If, however, uh, it's, you know, the, uh, the the power steering goes, you've had it. Uh, 84850, Steve at lbc.co.uk. Somebody says, yeah, rent a dog for an hour. Brilliant idea. I think I'll have to, to get you back as my number one radio show. There's no doubt in my mind at all on that one. Lots of people recommending Honey with Lemon to get rid of the... Uh, the co- I'm going to go and get some lemons today from Paul Cooper. I don't know what I'm going to do with the things. I might have to sque- bring them in tomorrow and squeeze them into some hot water because people keep telling me hot water is very good for you. And uh, that's okay. I could go and get some lemons this morning, couldn't I, actually? I could, I could go and get some... I can do that. I could do anything I like, you know. They're very free and easy around here. I could walk out of here into Covent Garden and go and buy some lemons. Look at me, honestly, being all grown up and adult about the whole thing. Ah, amazing. Eight four eight five zero Steve at LBC dot co dot uk. So the Mail are telling you, which we told you as well. We knew we knew Capello would quit. We thought he was in breach of contract. We'll find out more later on today. Mark Thompson saying, not enough older women on television. I don't know, Tess Daly's looking pretty old at the moment. I think that kind of covers it. Or do they actually have to be old? I'm not sure what they mean by old. Are they talking about, you know, Annika Rice old? Because she's only early 50s. And, uh, and, and the BBC at the moment have, have, strange enough, they've given the green light to reduce the number of newsreaders used on their rolling news channels. They've said here that uh, for major international stories, they should always aim to have a newsreader on the ground as a co-presenter to the newsreader in the studio. Apparently the news channel is a rotor of 13 newsreaders, because it's not difficult. You've just got to read words on an auto queue. It's really not difficult. You know, you just have to, to read something that comes up on a screen. But the station costs £45 million a year. They've got to find new ways to improve. But, uh, but will it be, you know, older people on the television? What, what do they mean by older? I don't know. I mean, I'm bringing Annika Rice back. I'm not sure about an art programme. I mean, you know, painting with, with Annika doesn't quite fill me with, with hope, I'm afraid. But Danny Cohen says we're looking at an arts and lifestyle programme which would air in primetime. What is this obsession with sort of, um, with arts and lifestyle? They've got that picture of that couple we mentioned the other day. This is Michael and Jean O'Shea. They won 10 million, but they're still raking in the old benefits. Why? Because they're entitled to them. And so they've, they've got a picture of their house now that they built in uh, County Kerry. And uh, if they move there permanently, they lose the benefits. So, of course, they're not moving there permanently. It's, uh, it's a truly beautiful property, and they've got £10 million. You know, 22 UK winners have won the top prize, and still nobody's won this... Uh, nobody's claimed the £45 million. I'm trying desperately to, to pretend that it's me. But we are getting luckier you know, as a, you know, we, we, you know, you, you go through a phase, and some people say to me, I've had people say to me, I'm just not lucky. And I go, well, don't what you will be. Eventually something will happen and you'll go, oh, I've got my lucky streak back again. It's like people, I've seen people playing fruit machines in, uh, in betting shops. I've walked past them and people have different, people either cover all the reels with their hand or they tap the side of the machine or they sort of close their eyes or they look away and you think, it's a machine. Why are you doing this kind of thing? But, uh, but we are, we are getting luckier. Since the Euro Millions is played in eight other countries, and I have no indication or no interest in, in playing with them, that's France, Spain, Belgium, Austria, Ireland, Luxembourg, Portugal and Switzerland, we are the luckiest. And what's more, we hold the record for the largest ever single win. And that was Christine and Colin Weir from Ayrshire. They got £161 million. Pound. I mean, that is just some going. £161 million. Pounds. Unbelievable. Unbelievable, it really is. Uh, here's Gary McKinnon's mother in the paper today. 
marching on Downing Street, and a classic car restorer uh, drowned after jumping into a freezing pond to do what? Rescue his dog. His dog had gone in... And uh, what you should always do, I was always told, is if a dog jumps into a river or falls in, leave it, it will get itself out. You know, too many, too many, too often people have, have jumped in after dogs in freezing cold rivers and they've lost their lives. So just be, just be very, very careful. And in this weather, the ice isn't as thick as you think it is. So I looked at my water butt this morning, and uh, it is quite thick actually on that, but that's plastic and, you know, you've only got to get one sort of dry day. And immediately everything goes back to normal. We did have to cover up the winter flowering cactus, which is absolutely enormous. But now it's been uncovered again. So if we don't get too much snow later on today, we'll all be very happy about it. Because I don't want too much. Just a, a light dusting, just to make it look a bit pretty, we will be fine. Front pages of the papers. Let's quickly go through these for you before we have to nip off and record our free podcast for today. And then you can download it after seven. OK, so there's a free podcast and then there's the, the normal programming podcast. <coughs> Excuse me. On the front of the Daily Express, uh, the England boss Capella sensationally quits. Harry Redknapp, will he take over after he's cleared in this, uh, this latest thing? Regal Kate, sparkling in a high street dress, which is very nice. Frozen Britain, braced for up to eight inches tonight. That's what they've said, eight inches of snow. They're always the prophets of doom down at the Express. I'm sure they sit there going, what can we really depress people about today? You're going to get eight inches. Try not to get too excited. It'll probably not be in London. Uh, here's uh, the nightmare. Redknapper tax, the £8 million tax probe. Uh, designer Victoria putting uh, baby Becks in checks. Uh, Victoria Becks. Gee, this poor kid's going to grow up going, does mummy ever take her sunglasses off? Answer, probably not. Freezing rain, turning roads into ice rinks. Be careful. Be careful. And there's another spate of, uh, of animals being killed because they've now named them the cold cat killer and it's people who've put down antifreeze and there's now i think the 34th cat in this particular area that uh, that has been killed by antifreeze and david beckham of course and talking about his three friends i thought actually I'd, i wouldn't imagine dave's got many friends he doesn't strike me as the bloke you sort of phone up and they go let's go out for a drink dave or that kind of, i don't think it's it's that kind of thing at all listen i'm back with you tomorrow morning don't forget to go to the lbc website lbc.co.uk and you can download the free podcast in about half an hour's time plus there'll be the uh, the blog for you to read just to catch up in case you hadn't and to find out exactly what we did on the program today you can download the normal podcast details if you've never podcasted before on lbc .co.uk. Have a great day. We're off to record two more in conversations, which will be absolutely delightful. I'm back with you tomorrow morning at four. Coming up next, though, on LBC 97.3, the morning news with Susan Bookbinder. What sets Peterman's